gentlemen, time to spread the word, and the word is panic. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast, where we're climbing the rungs of cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks, and I'm joined for the 185th time by... I'm Batman. This is my Christian Bale Batman voice. It's sort of growly, but it's not really growly. It's more like a whiny growl. But yeah, Batman, uh, Patrick, yes. <laughs> Pat, and, uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and the uh, the world outside your window may not be super, but here on the Movie Ladder Podcast this week, everything is beginning because we have joining us Kevin Mahadale the third time on the Movie Ladder Podcast. Hello. The trilogy is complete now. Uh, <laughs> I... You know, we're, we 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 record this where we can see each other's faces, and I had mm-hmm. to just like cover my face when Brendan did his <laughs> fail impression. It was too good. It was too. Oh, good. I'm glad uh, you, you got me on that one. <laughs> so this is a uh, everything is super ladder because we had the great Jason oh. Reed on last week. Oh, true. Yeah. 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 So here we are. Super true connection. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I maybe I'll make that same joke I made last week about when Jason finishes with uh, Secret Invasion, he punches out on the PSR time clock, and Brendan punches in for a Soka recap. So yeah, there you go. Exactly. Uh, same thing on this podcast. Jason punched out, and Kevin is joining us. Although we've, we've yet to have your podcast partner on this podcast. Yeah. Um, well, he well, podcasts one? a lot more than me, though. Yeah, <laughs> okay, his tougher tougher schedule to crack. Um, yeah. yeah, his dance card gets pretty full. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. for sure. Uh, so uh, last week, we talked about Inception, and this week, due to Christopher Nolan and others' connection, talking about Batman Begins, the first in the trilogy of uh, Dark Knight movies. Then at the end of the episode, we'll decide on our next movie based on suggestions sent in by the listeners and us, your hosts. So we'll be spoiling Batman Begins. If you, I don't even know if you can spoil I guess you can spoil it. So if you haven't seen it, uh, go watch it on HBO or regular Max, not HBO. Um, or if you want to skip it's ahead, we'll be watching next it's week. Max. Maybe it'll be another Christopher Nolan joint. Uh, there's a timestamp in the description of this podcast. Uh, but of course, you should pause. Go watch Batman Begins. There have been multiple Batman movies since. What? How many Bat? Like live action, but five Batman movies since. Uh, if we're counting like the Batflex stuff, because like he hasn't had his mm. own, right? But like he's right. been. In many, and they're practically Batman movies. So yeah, there's been at least I would say five between yeah. the two Justice Leagues, Batman v Superman, the Batman, which is different, and he's certainly shown up in things the, like the Flash. Yeah, I was gonna say yes, Flash. Yeah, Flash yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that would be six then, six movies since Batman Begins, but it all begins here. So seven if you want to count Lego Batman. Which is oh, cool. yes, yeah, we should. Yeah, I mean, we yes. should. It's fantastic. And then eight, arguably one of the best first ones. Lego movie. And I, I'm assuming he's in two. I never saw two. Um, anyways, lots of Batman in the world. Uh, so yes, go pause this podcast. Go watch on Max. And uh, as always, you can submit your feedback to us at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram, MovieLadderGmail.com, MovieLadder on Letterboxd. Uh, Kevin, glad to have you back. I'm really glad to be back. This is really fun. Um, what a journey for me, because like. I like that I'm not boxed in here. I feel like, uh, you know, on PSR, I'm doing the nerd stuff. I'm always doing uh, the superhero things. And here I came in. I did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Very different movie. And from there went to Brooklyn. Completely different film. But now <laughs> yeah, here I we are. I totally forgot yeah. we done Brooklyn. It's like, I was trying to bring him <laughs> totally to school. Look, I got Kevin back for his second time. And he's like, third time. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> I think uh, we all just kind of moved on past Brooklyn, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Uh, oh, look at me. I have the wrong microphone selected. My quality is about to get a lot better. There we go. There you go. Well, if Kevin, oh. Kevin, if if you want to say the best thing that you saw since the last time you were on yeah. was me. Was me because oh, we Brenda. met for the first time back in January we when did. I came to Brooklyn. And so that has been since the last time Speaking you were on. Brooklyn. So Yeah. I think it was timed very close to us having watched Brooklyn and we thought that that was very funny. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, meeting you was very fantastic. Uh, we had a good time. I believe it was you, me, Josh, and Mr. Bloom. Yep. Um, yeah, really good times there. Uh, but in terms of, like, I guess, entertainment content, um, I've seen a lot of stuff, obviously, since the last time I've been here. But I will talk about what I saw most recently. And yes, I'm behind the curve. But I finally blitzed through the first season of The Bear on FX. Fantastic. And I'm halfway through season two. And I have to say the episode I watched, which is the Christmas episode, uh, yes. might be one of the best episodes of anything I've ever seen. It's so, uh, yep. so good. <laughs> yeah, it really, really is. It's it's a fantastic yeah. show. I, you know, I think everybody in our circle has checked it out or is in the process of checking it out. But, you know, two thumbs up all the way. I, I absolutely yeah. adore that show. Yeah. Um, that episode, that was my favorite episode of the season. Mm. Um, although, like the back half is all pretty good. Um, have you not, you haven't watched the next episode, then, Kevin? No, we haven't okay. uh, continued yet because my wife and I are watching it together, and I've been uh, uh, unfortunately busy this week, and so we want to continue, but we're just in the realm of other stuff. Well, the next episode was Brendan's favorite, so it'll be Ooh. interesting to see which team you're on. Um, and I feel like people are split whether they liked uh, fishes or forks, are the two names of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Appropriate. <laughs> yes. Um, nice. Right, well, I, I saw your tweet this week. I assumed you were going to say Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 was going to be the best thing you watched this week. That's the best I... thing he podcasted about this week, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, yeah. I certainly podcasted about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I did really, really, really like it, but like like when I think about like the level of like just story and emotion that mm. Christmas episode, especially like maybe if I hadn't watched the Christmas episode yet, mm-hmm. Dead Reckoning might have taken it. But that Christmas episode and just from the guest stars alone, I kept yes. shouting people's name yep, when they stood yep. up on screen. Uh, it was just and very- the music too, like the songs that play in the background were really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. phenomenal episode. Yeah. Um, but I did really like Dead Reckoning. I have to say, I know it's been a little bit up and down for some people on it. I'm a big Mission Impossible fan. I thought Dead Reckoning was quite good and entertaining and definitely in classic Mission Impossible fashion had a moment that made me go, Jesus Christ, like out loud in the theater. Because uh, was- without spoiling it, can you say like a keyword for what that moment was? Because I'm curious which one no, it was. Don't do it. God, Geronimo. <laughs> Geronimo. Well, Kevin does, Kevin notoriously doesn't watch trailers, so that's extreme. well, I don't either. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I I don't watch trailers as well. So, and like the whole last set piece was spoiled in yes. trailers. It seemed uh, from what yeah, I've seen. Uh, that's what uh, I heard too. Yeah, that it was spoiled. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't yeah, watch it because it was my first time experiencing it. Was in that theater. Oh, Incredible. I know what you mean by Geronimo. that's so great. Yes, yeah. wonderful, okay. good, good. Yeah, that's, that makes the moment for happy. me, I would say, is the I would say piano was the moment that made me be like, mm. oh my mm-hmm. god, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Well, I will not go with Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning then, since we just kind of all talked about it. I really enjoyed Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning: colon backslash hyphen part one of whatever. Um, I know everybody's making that joke. Whatever, I don't care. It's a joke. Well, I do like that but, Mission Impossible is Mission colon Impossible, which I didn't realize right. until recently that was how it was written out because. <laughs> 
being somebody who lives in Michigan, if I just write MI, it can be very confusing because people will right. think I'm referring to the state of Michigan and not Mission Impossible. So that I can put M colon I, it's very helpful. <laughs> MI6, Dearborn Reckoning. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I'm right. having a lot of trouble spelling the word reckoning. I Fair start enough. with a W every time. I'm like, oh, wait, it's, yeah, nope. All right. Well, I will talk about a show that is back on FX slash Hulu for the first time in, God, I believe that the last episode of Justified aired in 2012, I want to say, maybe 2014. But almost 10 years ago, we left the world of Elmore Leonard and Graham Yost and Timothy Oliphant and Raylan Givens behind. And last night, there was a two-episode premiere of Justified City Prime Evil, based on the Elmer Leonard novel City Primeval, starring Timothy Oliphant gloriously returning as U.S. Marshal Rayla Givens for a Justified spinoff series. It was so wonderful to be back in the world of Elmer Leonard and watching Timothy Oliphant just 10 years older, 10 years more grizzled. His hair is totally gray now with a gray little goatee where his nice clean shaven face used to be. I mean, it's it's such a vibes show, the way that Elmore Leonard writes his books and the way that it was adapted for the screen by Michael Dinner for this season. So far, I'm really, really enjoying it, especially the first couple of episodes. Like, the premiere last night just immediately hooked me back into the world of this show and I'm so grateful that we're back, you know, that we're back in Justified Land. Um, highly recommend people check it out. It's it, airing. Yeah. It's airing uh, Tuesday nights on FX, and then streaming the next day on Hulu, yeah. like a lot of the FX shows that premiere first on cable and then go next day streaming. So yeah, hope people check it out. I think it's great. Uh, yeah, I was just going to ask: does, Is it one of those like early morning drops? You know, justify it at like six o'clock in the morning, or can you mm. watch it later? Night, I don't so. know what time it. I don't know what time it officially drops on Hulu. I would imagine it's. I would imagine it's three a.m. Pacific yeah. time, which means it's like six a.m. Eastern. I think it's. Time. I think they do three a.m. Yeah. Eastern time, so it's or something like that. Time. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. All right. But yeah, highly um, recommend Justified City Primeval. Well, very easy choice for me from the last thing I watched this week. Uh, it's not Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. I am cooler on that movie than other people, although I like <laughs> it more the further I get from it, but there's just stuff that bothered me about it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe if we do it on the podcast, I'll get into it. But the best thing I watched this week, very easy to pick because it is on my letterbox Mount Rushmore, and I revisited it because I've been listening to Blank Check podcast on Kubrick movies, and I'm up to 2001 A Space Odyssey, and I've been meaning to rewatch it because I read the book like six months ago, and that movie still just totally rules i love it so much and it i don't know i mean i like i don't even know like i could do a whole podcast on it so i don't want to get into like mm-hmm. <laughs> all of the intricate ways that i feel about it but i just feel like it's such a good like combination of it's not just like the style and it's not just the technique which a lot of people say it's like just a technical marvel mm-hmm. but i think it has a lot to say as well uh and ironically doesn't have much to say because there is so little dialogue in it which is yeah. what i picked up on this time um, especially for a movie that so much of it is about like how we communicate and the technology that we use to communicate that there is very little dialogue between human and human. There's t- mm-hmm. dialogue between human and uh, robot, which mm-hmm. is felt like very interesting to watch that with all the AI stuff now that's going on. Um, 
and just I mean like just sitting there like listening to the to the uh operatic music or like classical music as like these scenes are going on and then I always forget when I watch it I'm like oh yeah like Star Wars aped so much of the look of 2001 mm-hmm. like all of the imperial stuff is straight out of 2001 so mm-hmm. um yeah I love it yeah, it's wonderful. Homage to? Yeah, I don't mean I ripped it off. I just mean that, like, I, <laughs> I always, like, I grew up on Star Wars. I did not grow up on 2001. So I remember like, the first time I saw 2001, I was like, oh, that looks a lot like a Star Destroyer or the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yeah. oh, wait, no, that Death Star looks yeah. like 2001. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think they were, like, ripping it. I mean, it's the same way, like, you know, Lucas is paying homage to samurai films. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's great. Great movie if you haven't revisited it. Yeah, I did I mean, see the theaters back in 2018, so that was the 40-year mm-hmm. anniversary. Um, and so we're 45. It should be in theaters for the 45-year anniversary again. There you go. Yeah, I mean, what more is there to say about one of the greatest movies ever made in yes. 2001 A Space Odyssey? I mean, it's just, it's wonderful. It's fantastic. It's, you know, quietly intense and quietly quiet for so much of it that you're mm-hmm. like... Yeah. You're just, it's a visual feast. It's well, a and I, I also noticed, like, music-wise, yeah. that besides yeah. the classical music, there's not, like, a, there's not a score, right? Mm-hmm. So, so many of the scenes, the score is, um, you know, the characters, like, breathing or, like, mechanical sounds. And it's yeah. just, like, this audio, like, the audio elements of this is what I really clued in, into on this watch. And, um, yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, we'll get to it on this podcast someday, maybe. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. So. Right. All right. Well, uh, shall we go back to the beginning? Yes. Yes. Um, All right. So that is Batman Begins. It is a rewatch for all of us. Although I cannot remember the last time I saw this. Um, Hmm. Yeah. Maybe I revisited it before Rises came out, but it wouldn't have been any time after that. I don't think so. It's been at least 10 years for me. Um, Came out in 2005. Two years. years. All right. Did you? But you've never podcasted on this, right? Have you done any Batman podcasts, Kevin? We did on, the Batman on everything mm-hmm. is super, but we haven't okay. talked about the other ones. I think we did a live watch of Batman Returns once. Um, that sounds right. That's yeah, we've never did everything is baddie. Not yet. Uh, one day. Yeah. <laughs> one day. Don't, yeah. don't don't waste all your good takes here. Uh, Long tease. In case you in case you ever try to do that, but um, yeah. So Batman Begins. This is the reboot. Two thousand five. Chris Nolan. Uh, Brennan, when was the last time you saw it? Jeez, I I honestly don't know. Probably. Like sometime after the Dark Knight came out, but before Dark Knight Rises, yeah, sometime around the same time you did. But I, I honestly don't know. I mean, but at the same time, watching it last night, like it still felt fresh. Like I remember everything that happened. So it was like, okay, yeah, I've definitely seen this a bunch of times before. It's just like it's it's sort of weirdly disposable in a way, like some superhero movies are, where you're like. I know I've seen this, and I know that I will, if I go back and rewatch it, will remember every single thing that's going to happen. But it'll also immediately be out of my brain the next time somebody, like, asks me to describe what happens in Batman Begins. Yeah, well, it's the, you know it's the origin story. And it's, it's like, it, to me, it's, it, it is. really yeah. is like multiple movies in one, right? You, it is. The whole first hour, and then it's it kind of flips when he gets back to Gotham and we have the second hour. Yeah, it's uh, honestly three, four, five movies all in one. They cram mm-hmm. so much into this movie. It's insane. Like, every moment I'm writing down, oh, there's Gary Oldman. Oh, there's, you know, there's Killian Murphy as Jonathan Crane. Oh, 
there's Ken Watanabe. Oh God, mm-hmm. there's you know. There's what do you, what, which Ken Watanabe like, look do you like better, Brendan? Uh, this uh, Kevin, you guys this too. But I don't know if you watched Inception recently. Uh, Ken Watanabe in Inception or bald Ken Watanabe in uh, this movie? <laughs> he looks so different. It, it's crazy. He does. Inception he does. for me. Give me that yeah, it's wonderful hair of his. Yeah. yeah, he looked great in Inception. No, no knock. Um, yeah. All right, so Kevin, I know. Oh, I think I know. Superman's your favorite superhero. Is that correct? Superman is my favorite superhero. Uh, Batman, I, look, I like Batman a lot. It's hard not to like Batman. He's mm-hmm. not in my tops, uh, comparatively. Um, but, look, you 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 watch what you can. I, I barely, I rarely ever get Superman movies. I just, all we ever get are Batman movies. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, like, this movie, I, Christopher Nolan with the Dark Knight trilogy redefined superhero movies, some for better and some for way worse, uh, for a long, long time. And mm-hmm. I did relatively recently watch it. But to your point, Brendan, I also, like, remember that movie extremely well. Like, no joke, I could have skipped the movie and still talk extensively about it because I just mm-hmm. remember the scenes so much. And it is like that memory, but I do think re- when I rewatch it, Every time I just have that feeling where I'm like, yeah, this is a good movie. Like it mm. to me, like it's not even that I remember everything. It just hits me where I'm just like, yeah, this is good. Christopher Nolan's a good director, you know, mm. <laughs> like yeah. there's mm. that feeling that still comes back for me. Um, so even though Batman is not my favorite, there's still such an appreciation for this world and this universe and these films that he did with this character. Yeah, it, it, for me, it's really hard to put myself in the 2005 mindset. This is before yeah. Iron Man. This is before any of, like, the last Batman we had seen was Batman and Robin, and that was, what, right. 97? Um, so we tried not eight, to remember that. Right, yeah. it's like eight yeah. years after, like, silly mm-hmm. Batman, which, I mean, you know, I was 12 years old when Batman and Robin came out, and like, I remember we went for my brother's birthday. Like, I didn't have as much of a problem with it then as, you know, now if I watch it, I'm like, okay, this is really stupid. But there wasn't much superhero before this. So it's really hard to put myself in the mindset watching this and not being like, Oh yeah, I've seen, you know, what are, what are we 18 years since mm-hmm. this came out? Um, mm-hmm. So, or 15 years, 16 years since this has come out. Um, and I enjoyed this. I, I felt like the beginning, especially I was kind of like, all right, let's, let's get a move. Like I felt, I felt the slowness mm-hmm. of the origin on this watch um, because it wasn't new and fresh. Cause I had seen it before. Um, but once we, that final hour, once we get back to Gotham and Batman is like finally becoming Batman. Um, it's just, it, it just hums along. And it, I mean, it really fun. is the story of how Batman begins. It is mm-hmm. just origin, 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 multiple, multiple test runs as Batman in Gotham, where he's doing the, stereotypical origin story first night out thing i mean and epically failing a couple of times where he's in like the home like, like i think of like daredevil right where he's in right. the sweatsuit costume or right. uh, or, like the, or the first spider-man where he's mm-hmm. epically failing at jumping from building to building and batman where is it's played for comedy with raimi in spider-man it's like horrifying and brutal when nolan does it here that first night out with Bruce in the crappy, you know, sweater mask costume (laughs) where he busts his ass on the side of a building so hard. And you like hear and feel the crunch and you're like, Oh my God, this guy is going to die. And I think too, like, like I think too, like the, the realism of this and like the ground level feel of this movie 
is what differentiates it so much yeah. from what came before. And now we've seen that a lot. You know, we've seen yeah. that with any number of properties where they make a more realistic superhero. But it's not just the fit this gets lumped in as like dark and gritty Batman, which it definitely is. But I think it's more that it's it's just like you can actually like physically understand where there's not magic necessarily going on. There's like yeah, a, there's like an explanation for everything that happens. I think part of it also is that like a lot of what really works in this film as far as the dark and the gritty and the, you know, trying to become an agent of vengeance, justice. And the, like, when that fails and when you're not good at it yet is stuff that Matt Reeves is going to borrow 12 years later in the Batman and also do a really good job of it. And it's actually like a lot. I was seeing a lot of the fingerprints of what Matt Reeves took from Nolan and like not necessarily improved on, but said, but what if we made it Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. <laughs> instead I, you know, and made him a child? You know? I will actually counter slightly and Please. say, yeah, he did. He did improve upon it for me. Um, there's an interesting thing watching this now as well. Like, I still think mm-hmm. it's a really good movie. But uh, Zach, to your point, right? Like when people think about the Dark Knight trilogy, there is this like, I think, cultural belief that this is gritty which it is but mm. you used one word where you're just like the realism but then you almost corrected yourself and you're like well the ground level and i, I think, think that right. is exactly mm. right mm. i feel like we're watching this and thinking about the rest of them, these movies are not real these are not real <laughs> realism like right. a lot of people are like he made batman feel like he's real and i think when we first watched it we probably all had that thought like because you know? he's not mr freeze you know right ice right. puns because right, that was right. what he last seen but then you watch it and you're just like Nah, this isn't this isn't a real realistic movie. This is a more grounded take. Mm-hmm. I do agree, right? It's a ground level take on Batman, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's like realistic. I actually, it's really interesting looking at the arc of Batman and and the and how the character has been portrayed. Uh, we talked about like how so much of this has been influenced or, or other stuff is drawn from it. And like you're saying, right, like it's hard. That first segment is slow. Mm-hmm. And by today's standard, it is. But what's really, really, really funny, it wasn't at the time. Because at the yeah. time, origin stories in a traditional sense, even for Batman, the most we usually ever got is that we saw his parents get shot. And now we're going to flash forward in time. We never see like the start of it. We never see the training. We never see him like becoming Batman. And so this mm-hmm. movie taking the time to have him meet the League of Shadows and like actually train to be a ninja in a way was re- which again, I just said the word train to be a ninja. This movie's not realistic. <laughs> so but ridiculous. like it's it, it really I think separated itself at the time as this type of origin story that we hadn't seen. And then it of course became hardcore standard after that, right? And yeah, yeah we did see like sort of this with like daredevil and spider-man but those are completely different vibes from what they did here for like batman specifically mm-hmm. oh yeah I, true. i guess I, mean, I am i am like skipping over all of the spider-man and x-men stuff that came in between right. the batman movies but um yeah this, this definitely like has that more ground level feel yeah um, and i mean the x-men movies are different because there's like a there's a mix of it's some characters origin stories and then you're meeting some characters who are already like fully mm-hmm. baked in so really it's only an origin story for rogue and then everybody else is sort of baked in yeah, already. You're meeting them fully formed in those early X-Men movies. So Spider-Man is really like a pure origin story movie. I personally really love the Le- all the League of Shadows stuff at the beginning. I think it does go on a little too long. But 
there's like a there's a chemistry of like teacher and student and maybe this is like the Liam Neeson is awesome in everything even in a bad movie like you know Phantom Menace we might test where that theory next week Brenda. we might because Liam Neeson is teacher might come up next week but it's like Liam Neeson has such a great chemistry with like training sequences or dueling sequences with other people like they it's his duel with Christian Bale and their duel of the minds is all like fascinating stuff in the beginning. I absolutely love all of it because they have such great like on-screen dynamics that feel again grounded. Like you're like you understand why he is teaching him all this stuff and I think part of it is because you know where this is eventually going because it's a Batman story, you're more invested in it than you would be if this was some character that you had no idea why they were going on this journey. Making the case for IP, Brendan. Um, yeah, yeah no, a I little think, bit. I, th I think that, like, I remember in 2005, I was much more interested in that than I feel like I was on this rewatch. I don't know why, it just wasn't connecting with me this time. But I do like that that's the part of the movie that we get the Nolan, not time shifted, but we're getting the flashbacks interwoven in, and we don't get that later. You know, in that second half of the movie, it's just, and maybe that's why I feel like it really hums along, because it's just, like, kind of straight Batman doing Batman stuff. Mm. Um, and... I like I I did like the teacher student stuff. I thought like the fake Ra's al Ghul. Like I mean, I didn't at the time. I was surprised by that. This time, obviously, like I knew that mm -hmm. that Liam Neeson was Ra's al Ghul. Now I, I wasn't familiar with any of that. Now, Kevin, did you when you can you put yourself back in two thousand five? Did you know that wasn't Ra's al Ghul? Or were you able to predict that? No, it was honestly a surprise. And in retrospect, I I remember so. One of my uh, uh, best friends who he was in my wedding, I've known him forever, huge comic book fan. He loves Batman as his favorite, right? And we always mm -hmm. joke about the comparisons between me, Superman, and the Batman for him. But I remember talking to him about Begins. If I'm not, we may have seen Begins in theaters. We definitely saw Dark Knight together. Uh, I mm -hmm. flew to Florida to do it. Mm -hmm. um, nice. But like, uh, we've talked about the surprise of that moment and how much we truly loved it because it was so very Ra's al Ghul as a character mm -hmm. for that to be the thing. So I thought that was really clever. In retrospect, we both joked that we should have known because Liam Neeson did have the right goatee. Like if you mm -hmm. look how Ra's al Ghul is drawn, he has a very specific goatee style and Ken Watanabe's was not quite there. So it, you, if you're really, really paying attention, you could have caught the goatee, and I'm I'm <laughs> sad I did it when when it was airing. But right. yeah, I was I was actually surprised, and I love that surprise, that moment where that statement too is just like, oh, is Ra's al Ghul immortal, or is you know? I thought it mm -hmm. just really well delivered and a really great uh, reveal for me at the time, and I still think it it works. Like obviously, like to your point, you know, mm -hmm. but it, it when you know, it still works. Like, and I th yeah. I think that's a great type of reveal, right? Like it doesn't break anything in my opinion it's also fun because we get the double fake out like then when liam neeson like when henry razal like returns yeah we also have the bald guy that he thinks yeah. is razal Ghul. yeah he turns around and he's like you're not razal Ghul, then he's like but i am or whatever he says yeah yeah yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah and it's also like that's i mean my history with batman is really so much the 90s movies and a little mm -hmm. bit with like the animated mm -hmm. series and like anything that I had as an action figure. So the League of Shadows and Falcone, like those were not characters. Scarecrow I did remember from the animated series, but like those yeah. other ones were not characters I was familiar with at all. So on my first watch, they were all new to me. Um, 
of course, now I'm more familiar with him. And then Falcone shows back up in The Batman, uh, which I do think that having seen this now, having after seeing The Batman, it gave me a new appreciation for some of the stuff that's done in this mm-hmm. and a new appreciation for The Batman as well, because that's a movie I wasn't that high on when I first saw it. I was just thought it was too slow. And on a rewatch, I liked it a lot better. And I liked the detective elements of that. And I didn't realize yeah. on the last watch of Batman Begins how much like this movie does have detective Batman and like it's not yeah. just him out punching people but he is actually out like investigating and trying to solve these crimes um which is a whole aspect of, of him that I wasn't familiar with before yeah I mean everything yeah. that happens with him and Jim Gordon played brilliantly by Gary Oldman in this movie yeah, yeah. it's really fantastic like the first time that he comes to his office and blacks out the lights and then when he meets him on the balcony and they're having this whole conversation and then Batman just disappears mid-sentence, it's it's wonderful. And Gary, Gary Oldman does a really great job in this movie. And he even gets his, like, hero moment that you usually don't really get from Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. And he definitely didn't in the 90s, 89 Batmans, where Jim Gordon in those movies just kind of stood around yes. awkwardly yelling, hey, there goes Batman. And not really like doing anything. So to have Jim Gordon be an active participant in the story mm-hmm. was so fantastic. And especially on this rewatch, because it's Gary Oldman and you're like watching this fantastic actor do this, you're like excited for him, like both the actor and the character to get to do the stuff he gets to do with it. He's movie. very excited. And he makes it, yeah. he makes a comment earlier in the movie. There's a line where he says like, I got to get myself one of those. And I, yeah, I kind of roll my eyes at yeah. it. Um, but then the fact that that pays off that he gets to be the one yep. driving the Batmobile in yeah. the climactic it's scene right. is very cool. There's a lot of full circles in this movie in that way. And that's sort of another reason I like the beginning is because they set up a lot of the minding your surroundings. There's moves mm. that, that Liam Neeson and Batman use against each other that are mm. get approved upon in the final fight. I think is really clever. There is like one thing in the final fight, which we'll eventually talk about that. I'm mm. just like, but like, I, I think these are the things like, it's so hard to compare it to like the Batman and not think about it in its own context because this movie is so influential to, I think the Batman mythos and how people mm. view him and how other people have now interpreted Batman. I personally think the Batman is the best Batman movie in mm. my opinion. I mm. absolutely love it. I actually think Robert Pattinson does a phenomenal job as Batman in this movie because he's not quite playing, uh, he's he's not Bruce Wayne because I could talk about the Batman forever, but like the Batman flips the origin story. There's a whole thing mm. with comic readers that the idea is the is that Batman is his true identity, Bruce Wayne is the mask, and it's an mm-hmm. opposite for like Superman, where Clark Kent mm-hmm. is the real person, Superman is the mask he puts on. And so this movie actually did, in my opinion, the or like the Batman did the origin story of Bruce Wayne. He is Batman in that movie. And the yeah. ending of that movie is learning that like I have to create, I have to be Bruce Wayne. I have to be out in the world doing things yeah. to be a hero in another way. And I think that's the other hook of it is why I end up like the Batman draws a lot from this movie, but I also think it's it low-key criticizes this movie. Absolutely. Because the Nolan films are so Batman is dark and in the shadows and gritty and being a superhero is being a vigilante. And a lot of people really embrace that as, as, as Batman, as this like violent mm. vigilante. And I remember when the trailers came out for the Batman, I was so mad at the trailers, which I don't normally watch, but I was already not <laughs> fully on board with the idea of a Batman movie again. Mm-hmm. So I did watch the first trailer when it came out and I was furious and I was like, I'm not going to watch anything else. And I still went to watch it because it's the Batman, of course. 
And I was blown away because the entire movie is about Batman shouldn't be that. That's not Batman. Bat- mm-hmm. That's bad. Batman's a hero and heroes are in the light and heroes aren't going to be there to be like, be vengeance and violence. It's about like, I'm going to save and help people. And that's very close to what's going on here, but is like a slightly different take. But it's talking um, around it in a way that's like yeah. kind of preachy with like whether Christian Bale's Batman is going to be justice or vengeance and what the difference yeah. between those two are and the per- the people that are teaching him these lessons about which is the correct path, you know, and it's like, yeah, but yeah, kind of. Yeah. What I like too, and I read, uh, so mm. I read, um, and I can't remember the author's name, Brendan, the book that, uh, the Batman book that I read. Oh, the Glenn Weldon book. Yeah, Glenn yeah. Weldon, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I read that before the Batman came out. It came pretty and- What I really liked about that is, like, how many different takes there have been on Batman over the years. And now we have so many Mm -hmm. different cinematic takes on Batman. And we're going to have more, right? That we have this, uh, the the one that's going to be in the... um, the, Oh, yeah, the the Brave and the Bold. Yeah, Brave and the Bold. But, like, I kind of like that you can pick and choose, like, which style of Batman you're going to have. And we don't have have any updated, like, comedic ones, unless you count, I guess, if you count Batman and Robin. Like Uh, Batman. Like the light Batman, but... It's they kind of play against each other in interesting ways. And I think mm. that that's one of the things that I really liked about this is, you know, I did pick up more of that detective Batman on this one. But there also is in Batman Begins the whole thing about which is the mask. Is it Bruce Wayne or is it Batman? Um, yep. And we get that, you know, we get that that um, that Rachel says that at the end of the movie, you know, that basically says, like, yeah. no, Bruce Wayne is the mask. Uh, you know, Batman is who you truly are. Uh, and I'll be interested. I'm going to be watching the rest of the trilogy over the next couple of days. So I'll be interested to see kind of how that continues to expand and what I yeah. catch on to that. Um, I also in this one really liked that he goes to try to kill Joe Chill and doesn't yes. get the opportunity. And so he he was ready to act on it. Like we have that development of that character. Like he was ready to kill. He was ready to do vengeance. That yeah. opportunity was taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, he didn't he didn't get a chance to make that choice. And I love Rachel's statement, though, right? I thought it's so, and, like, this is to what you're saying, Brendan, where it's, Mm -hmm. like, this idea of just, like, that's not justice, that's vengeance, and, like, Mm -hmm. what that means, I think, is really great. I don't want to say, also, just to point out, this movie is still extremely good. To your point, Zach, Mm -hmm. I love this interpretation of the character. I think it's interesting. It's one of those things, though, where it's, like, I like this interpretation. I just didn't like how much other people concentrated on the wrong parts. And I feel like... I won't even get into the Zack Snyderness of it all, but like I think that takes on Batman, different takes are really great. Whether that's like the more fun-loving Adam West style, whether this is a more uh, grounded version in Nolan, whether it's more of like honestly a comic book superhero version that we end up seeing in the Batman, they're all yeah. really cool. So as you get the core of the character right, and in my opinion, Batman v Superman and Justice League, or Justice League a little bit more, but Batman v Superman. Did not. They don't get it. They missed. Yeah, they missed they Batman. I mean, Ben Affleck could is a fantastic Bruce Wayne yes. Batman, just with really bad material. Unfortunately, correct. That's the Agreed. problem. Is yeah, that yes. he's Agreed. great casting. Like he's. I. You know. I was talking to somebody actually about Batfleck uh, the other night because we got on the topic of of Batman and different Batman, and we were talking about Batfleck, and I was like. Batfleck is the older, I'm so through with this shit, Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's the other end he's, of this. That, where Ben Affleck is, Ben Affleck's Batman is the literal personification of that meme of Ben Affleck standing against the wall smoking a cigarette, <laughs> cigarette. With, his head, <laughs> with his head leaned back. He's just 
done with it. He's like, is that what we're gonna get in the James Gunn version? Because he's gonna have a kid, so he's gonna be an older version of Batman. I mean, I actually think the version we're gonna get in Bat in James Gunn is going to be closer to the Adam West. I yeah, do. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be a little. It's gotta be a little quicker, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. I think that'll be, I mean, that be good because we yeah. haven't had that. In, and I actually like the one thing I will say, Batman vs Superman. I really don't remember anything about that movie except why did you say that name like that's yeah. the only thing i remember from that movie pretty much awesome. but i do like in the snyder cut especially of justice league like that mm. the look of like nightmare version batman where he's in the mm. trench coat i just oh, think yeah. that looks so cool and there hasn't been anything on movies that looks like that batman wise right. so we'll give it points for that well, visuals are always. I, I I'm not gonna trash the man's visuals. That's like the one thing I feel like he can do, and he does very well. Is that mm-hmm. he's a very good when it comes to creating visuals and to create obviously cinematic quality, um, uh, stuff on the screen. Uh, mm-hmm. I I I just feel like this movie works in a lot of ways because it it it, it taps into I think core elements have to exist for who Batman is, and obviously like his parents dying is one of them, but like. The training, but even the little things, I think, work really well. Like, the idea of Bruce Wayne was going to kill this person, but then he was interrupted. Even if his intent was to do it, I still think works because it's the growth of that character. Mm. But, like, so much of, like, the, the, the Batman's ideology is tied to his parents dying and how that played out. We have seen his parents die a zillion times. Every movie except the Batman, another reason I like that movie, mm-hmm. we did not get, have to see the Waynes die. But every incarnation almost, we have seen the Waynes die. And there is an element where what makes the Waynes' death so tragic is the idea of like senseless death, of Gotham causing the death of the, 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 the unfortunate circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. And in the Snyder thing, I, I just never forgot this, is like the reason he misses it to me is the guy, Joe Chill, pulls the gun in the Snyder version and Thomas Wayne fights back immediately. Like he mm-hmm. throws a punch, like he dies because of his own violence. And it's just mm-hmm. like, ooh, you missed the point. And like, mm-hmm. it's exa- like, that's to me, like you already missed the character because yeah. of something like that. Also because there's just so much toxic masculinity in those movies is out of control. But <laughs> I think this movie hit a lot of the, the right elements to, to have Batman still feel like Batman. Mm-hmm. And Christian Bale really does. I, th- I thought it was really interesting, his portrayal of the character and, and using the gadgets and gizmo more, more, more mm-hmm. than almost any other Batman. We've had some real fun modern gadgets in this movie. And yeah. And those, those have that grounded feel too, because they're based in the technology. Like the, the Lucius Fox character was not a character in right. the previous Batman movies. Right. And so to get him and have him creating this technology um, real quick to go back to the death of uh, just cause we got to circle back to the death of Batman or Bruce Wayne's parents. Um, Rosal Gould makes a comment in this about how they tried to take over Gotham once before. And it's one I didn't I didn't remember this comment. And he says, you know, we tried to do it through economics. Like, is he basically saying he's responsible for like, is he trying to take credit for their his parents, Bruce Wayne's parents death? Tom's sort of Wayne. just like existentially. Yes, because they think like the rot that is penetrating Gotham is his. He's going to claim responsibility for like that. for the inequity and of their, Gotham. Yeah, exactly. And so that's like what I think, Kevin. You this hits on what you were saying about the difference in the Snyder Batman and what that fundamentally misunderstood about who Batman is. And this movie tries to do a really good job, and I think mostly succeeds in giving Batman that choice of why he becomes the symbol 
of hope for Gotham and why he has to save Gotham and why he can't just accept Rajal Ghul's offer and let Rajal Ghul destroy Gotham because it's become this Vesper accessible. No, because Gotham deserves a chance. And I, to honor my dad, have to give it that chance. And if that means destroying the League of Shadows, so be it. You know, and that's, so I think that that's sort of what, it's the it's the hope, the hope within the darkness of Batman that Nolan is hitting on here that I think the Snyderverse totally misses on. Is the only time that we see Gotham City during the day that train scene when Bruce Wayne's a kid? Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. Gotham City? Yes. Yeah. The city itself? Yeah, because they're on the the train. The Wayne Manor, he's there. I remember, like, when they're going through Gotham City, I'm like, it's almost like Emerald City feeling, right? Well, no, it's daytime in the court scene. It's daytime in the court scene when he's at the courthouse. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. But it just, I, I, I remember thinking of, like, you know, this is a flashback to when Bruce is a kid. Right. And it's before his parents are dead. And it's just, like, so light, and it does look like a very, like, nice place, but I guess there is, like, these are the rich people on the train above everybody else. Like, they're not in the fray, and so there was still that mm-hmm. anecdote um, that was touched on. So, um, yeah, I, I – uh, there's a lot – I think because I hadn't seen this movie so much, there's a lot that I'd forgotten about it. And it's interesting, the stuff I picked up on this time versus, like, you know, in 2005, I was like, ooh, dark – you know, dark and gritty Batman. This is so, like yeah. – This is so much different than what I'm used to, and there hasn't been anything like – you know, because even, like – even the Spider-Man movies, X-Men, like, they didn't get to this level. Um, no. So. And considering what we had for Batman was this progression of, like, was serious with the 89. Well, closer mm-hmm. to serious with the 89. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit more crazy with Returns. And then progressively more and more uh, bonkers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, between Forever and then ultimately Batman and Robin. So, like, this really felt different when it came out, right? It hit different uh, because mm-hmm. of those, I think, grounded elements and and ways of portraying the story. It, 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 it does take itself seriously. Even mm-hmm. though there's, like, goofy parts and there's comedy, it does take itself seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a product of the era it came out mm-hmm. in as well. I mean, when you look at the movies that were coming out in the early to mid, you know, 2000s between, like... 2002 to like 2012 range you're getting a lot of really really dark dark films that are blockbusters and then less and that don't have a lot of humor and the mcu is what really comes along and re-injects a lot of humor back into the blockbuster films that were making money at the theater you know what I mean? And so they had, they also had that ground. Like they did a good job of balancing that ground. Like especially, I'm thinking right. of like it, it, comparing this movie with Iron Man, which I think would be a really interesting movie to do next week, um, because they're both so similar about like the billionaire characters mm-hmm. who go and you know they have the they have vengeance and they have um, mm-hmm. you know like just the the development of the two characters and the way that they both you know. Th- within a year of each other, right? Or I guess Iron Man was like 2008. So within a year of the sequel of this movie, um, that they, that like, they go on this like parallel path of changing like the, mm. the history of comic book movies. So For sure. um, I think it definitely could be a good and, connection. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing that becomes the debate between the DCU and, you know, the, the entire DCU and the Marvel universe is the juxtaposition between 
DC movies have to be dark and gritty yes. and violent and real mm-hmm. and grounded, to use a word of yours, Zach. And then mm-hmm. Marvel movies are your fun superheroes who mm-hmm. are just out to give you the quips and have a good time and punch Nazis and put people away. And that's it. And then and have post-credit scenes you, that connect yeah, them to the next movie. Exactly. But if you want yeah. to be serious, DCU's where it's serious. This this you know, is what I mean about like the negative yeah. impacts, right? Because the, because right. the Nolan movies the, were so well received, it became like, well, now all the movies have to be like this. And exactly. Like, oh, they don't. <laughs> they don't. They really don't. Besides the, I mean, we talked a little bit about the like flashback structure, which I don't even consider that. You know, so many Nolan movies, and I've watched a bunch of Nolan movies mm. over the last couple weeks. Like they do all have that element of time they're playing with. This doesn't. Do you guys feel like this could have been made under somebody else's hands and been so, like on, with a similar tone, or do you think there's things specifically that make this a Nolan movie that he had to be the one to do this? I don't know, Kevin, you can start. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do. I do think this has a very Nolan feel. I mean, very few directors, I think there, there are ones, right? Like, there's certain directors that you can see their style, you can sense their style. And I do think that's present here, mostly in the actual, like, I think, mix of directing and cinematography. There's just mm-hmm. certain shots. And then the way that he films and that the, the sound of the crunching and stuff like that, right? Like, that is very Nolan, and I think you can feel that in in those moments in this film that you would have, I think, lost with another director. Because also the practicality, he's one of the few directors mm-hmm. who still wants to do things practically, and honestly, more should. Um, and it has that like look and feel and style to it, in my opinion. There's also like bizarrely like architecture. I think like if I think about an inception in this movie, even though like night and day in terms of like color. There's so much in like the architecture that feels very similar of like mm. he uses the blocks of like buildings in order to make shots and things like that. It's very odd, but it feels like Nolan to me, and I think that works really well. Yeah, Except I think especially the uh, the cinematography. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I mean to cut you off about the cin- the sound quality because I do want to talk about that. But like the the buildings, I think of that especially in the Dark Knight, like with the Japan scenes mm. in the Dark mm-hmm. Knight feel very much in in harmony with Inception. Yep, yeah, this very much sounds like a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, think, that too. Yeah, from end to end. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I know we were joking, not even really joking about it, but talking about it pre-pod, like, the, the, the mixing on his movies just notoriously are an issue. And then they get transferred to a service like Max, where somehow, like, the the ambient sound gets amplified and the dialogue is even more tamped down and you have this to keep is correct. turning your freaking volume yeah. up mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden this is the weird thing is last night I'm watching it and I even like went to my TV settings and like checked my different speaker settings to see if there was anything I could do to change because th- for the first hour of the film I could not understand a single freaking word anybody was saying. <laughs> and then suddenly, like halfway through the movie, I was like, suddenly the dialogue just started becoming clearer. And maybe it was maybe somehow my ears magically adjusted. But I mean, I did have to in for the first hour or so of the film keep cranking up my sound to try to figure out what the hell they were saying because I I didn't want to turn on subtitles. I just wanted to like hear the movie. 
There yeah. is. There's an article I just was reading recently, and I think the, mm. the headline was something like, "Is everybody? Why is everybody watching TV with subtitles or something like that?" Because I watch most stuff with subtitles, and it did talk about like streaming services and they compress the audio quality so much yep. that yep. it does just like it does screw up that mixing where you're not able to hear the um, you're not able to hear the dialogue. But yeah, Christopher Nolan movies are are really bad with that, especially. I watched Tenet this week. And I I suffered myself through Tenet without the subtitles just because kind of mm. like you, Brendan, I was like, I want to try just why I don't want to have subtitles to distract me. I just want to watch it. And for a really complicated movie like Tenet, it is it was even on a second watch. I was still really confused because I could mm. not hear half the things they were saying. Um, and I am I am not that hopeful, but uh, I would love it if <laughs> Oppenheimer because there will not be subtitles in the movie theater. Oh, man. So I really am hoping Oppenheimer I can hear the freaking dialogue. <laughs> Well, no, that's, that's you, you You probably will, because like that's also part of the sound issue quality is because he mixed movies for the cinema and then refuses yeah. to just do anything else. Mm-hmm. So like the quality is built so you have the specific surround sounds and the, the, that type of uh, um, a system. So like the dialogue can work, but the, the sound itself of the action is still the, the like higher immersive. quality. Like, yeah, so immersive. Thank you. But like that is Nick Nolan's thing. And one, it's infuriating when they don't change it. But then two, it is such a HBO, especially like Max problem. Mm -hmm. There are articles upon articles that it's Max that like HBO has notorious for this. And Mm -hmm. what I hate about it is exactly what Brendan said. You can't change it. You can't go into the settings of Max or or, and adjust it. Amazon Prime also does this, too. Mm -hmm. But like it it prohibits you from doing anything about it. And it's Mm -hmm. just like this is absurd. (laughs) One of them has a dialogue enhancer feature. I think it's a, a Amazon Prime that there's actually a thing you can like their X-ray. It's like the same type of same area where you can change a new like, enhanced audio. Um, and I know TVs have that setting too, but I've never experimented with that. TVs I like do. I've done it, it up. on my TV, but like it, you can't do it in app, and you can't. I, right. I have to check the Amazon Prime one now though, because if I have another option to do it on Prime, I, I shall. I think Prime has that, um, but yeah, I just think it's. I mean, you can do it, but I just think like, especially for uh, the complicated Chris Nolan movies, we're trying to keep up with, you know, like some of them, the sci-fi ones. I just, but I do like that immersive. It's hard because I like, I like feeling super immersed in something. So I do like that it has that feel to it. But um, yeah, Tenet especially, I was like, I finished Tenet and I was like, I am more confused than when I started this movie. And I, (laughs) fair enough. Yeah. Well, we Uh, haven't really talked a whole lot about the uh, other villains in the movie, uh, you know, Killian Murphy popping up as, you know, Jonathan Crane, Scarecrow, and Tom Wilkinson as Carmine Falcone giving an absolutely insane, like, Sopranos-level <laughs> Italian accent that is just, like, so unnatural with his face. You're like, <laughs> you, you don't have to do it this way, dude. You can just, you can just talk. It's fine. But he's, he's still, like, really good in the movie because he's a great actor, and then, you know, one of my favorite, that guy's, Mark Boone, Boone Jr. as the yes, correct, yeah, he's great. corrupt top, uh, our guy from Sons of Anarchy, Zach. Uh, I've only seen a few seasons of Sons of Anarchy, but yes, I did recognize him that. What is up with him, like, the falafel, when he steals the money? Does he steal money from the falafel card in addition he to, does. The, like, the Yes, falafel? he takes yeah. the money back and steals the money that was in the tip jar and is like, oh, man. Your kids are hungry. Give, they don't like falafel. It's like such a yeah. That which Corrupt also didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, I Killian Murphy is again like just such a fascinating actor. Like I, I like I'm just like drawn to him on screen, just like I was last week with Interstellar. I just think he's fantastic. I don't know. Yeah. 
he's he's really really great in this and i also like him as jonathan crane scarecrow in the sense that also he they did something here that we don't see a lot of anymore which is carry through a villain because mm-hmm. he shows up in all the others in very mm-hmm. small modes he's there yeah and i, I, I do I love that like, he shows up yeah i think that's fun we don't have a lot of the villains and things they do um technically i mean you know this becomes like a longer thing but like the some like the, the corrupt cops in gotham obviously that that become like a a, a villain but not quite but I, I i like how they build a degorded relationship through that here uh works really well but yeah the the batman is known for his his rogues and his villains mm-hmm. so being able to like nail it in this movie i thought was like had to be done and especially coming off of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze. <laughs> and I really like the I really like the plot of the villains too, right? And the way that that's doled out, like it is, it is a mystery movie, especially mm-hmm. on your first watch, where it's like, okay, well, there's these drugs, and the drugs are getting into the water, and mm-hmm. there's this there's this weird device, and then the way that they all come together, it's actually like kind of crazy how short that last like climactic battle is, um, where there's only like 15 minutes left in the movie when everything kind of comes together at the end. And it, it yeah. I feel like in, you know, in Marvel movies, especially like that would be 30 minutes of the movie. This last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really love the like Jonathan crane drug scarecrow drug thing reveal, because it's almost like no one is making your brain as a viewer do the flashback instead where you're flashing back to the league of shadows sequence. And you're like, this effect looks familiar. This effect looks just like, what Bruce experienced when he got the stuff pushed in his face by Raja yeah. Ghoul. Mm-hmm. So you're like, your brain is making that flashback as you're watching, or should be, instead of no one having to spoon feed it by giving you an actual flashback. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I do remember that. Yep, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also love the, the the way the speeding train works as our like ticking mm-hmm. clock with this. And the closer the like the closer the train gets, the more and more people who are gonna be affected by this. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that's really effective and that we get the fight on the speeding train like all like it just comes together really well at the end of this movie. Yeah, the the train sequence, I think, is is also just exhilaratingly done. Is that the right word? There's so many train sequences we see in movies, especially. Right. And I th- this year alone, I've seen two um, <laughs> now, this week alone. Yeah, it's extremely good, and I, I think is is top notch. The other one less so to me, but this one I think is is like a very good, uh, a very good sequence because like you're also having this confrontation with the two of them. There is like this time element, this intensity to it. Mm. We also have like Jim Gordon to your point coming back around in this moment in the Batmobile, like trying to shoot the 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 rail out. So yep. there's a lot of like I think fun stuff, but. Yeah, the pacing is in. You're totally right. Like this would have been like a 45 minute sequence, probably if this was mm. like a modern Marvel movie. And it I, sort of is in uh, The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, it, it all of the sequences are extended that are like this in in The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Like at least in my memory of them, all of the smaller fight action scenes in this are basically the whole movie of The Dark Knight mm-hmm. and The Dark Knight Rises. You know what I mean? Like there's. There's not a, not as much downtime in those movies where you get moments to breathe in this movie, which is really nice. But, I mean, I, I will say that I did think that the movie still felt a little long, but I also don't know what I would cut because everything ends up feeling essential. Even, like, I mean, maybe I would have cut Rachel's 
boss just as a character. Just cut like, oh. all of Rachel, maybe. Just cut no. I mean, oh, Rachel's, poor Katie Rachel's, Holmes. <laughs> no, Rachel's boss is just, and his arc is just unnecessary. For well, me. that sets up the the but, microwave device, though. He figures out the he figures out that there's the shipping crate that has the device. Mm-hmm. But we could have um, had that happen anywhere. Like it's, yeah, it's true. I mean, so but that doesn't really save you any time by trimming him anyway. So whatever. How about here's here's the other. How about we do it the other direction? Instead of trying to trim this to a shorter movie, why don't we put an intermission between like the like two clear halves of this movie? <laughs> you, can go, you can go for five minutes, refill your water, take a there pee, you go. Fair and then you will feel refreshed. And give me uh, give me every deleted scene put back in. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to make mm-hmm. it necessarily longer, but why don't we just you know, having seen 2001 this week, had an intermission. Yeah, the intermission was like. Four minutes long. It was the perfect amount of time to run to the bathroom, come back, nice. and not have to pause. And I came into music playing, and it was really lovely. Nice. Yeah, give, <laughs> give me, give me another like three scenes with the little kid who would go on to play Joffrey. Joffrey oh my god! Oh my god! I, yeah. I cannot believe we've made it an hour into this podcast and not <laughs> talked about Joffrey, who I Mandela effect Love always that, that he was Gordon's kid in the Dark yeah. Knight. It's and so when he showed up in this, I was like, together. Yeah. Oh, I forgot he's in Batman Begins. Um, yeah. Yeah, little Jack Leeson. And he is British, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Because he does not have an accent. I'm like, yeah. good for that little kid to give an American accent yeah. at that Jack age. Jack Leeson's a good little actor. Yeah. yeah. Who knew? And unfortunately, Game of Thrones fans are nuts and can't tell the difference between an actor and, <laughs> and the roles they play. Is he even yeah. working anymore? Or is he just retired? Pretty much said peace out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. I think he's, he definitely took a break because of Game of yeah. Thrones. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, he, he could probably come back later. I guess it's... How it feels because like people, it's not even like they. Well, they sort of did, but yeah, people are just stupid. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's very fun to see him in this movie and have him be have that role at the end too, um, with him returning it with Rachel. So it like is is a fun little thing to to make sure like not just a one off when he first shows up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, with with Rachel, so we've got Katie Holmes playing her. Um, she's recast to Maggie yeah. Gyllenhaal. Um, I heard I heard a clip earlier that they called her Maggie Gyllenhaal this week. Um, not that I can make fun of any of his pronunciation because last week, the yeah. entire episode, I called him Cillian Murphy. I was so convinced I was right. And then Definitely immediately Killian was bombed Murphy. with messages that was, it's Killian Murphy. Yeah, like um, Killian's Irish Red. Right, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I will own up to my mistake. It was, it's Killian. I, um, but yes, what, what do you guys think of Katie Holmes in this uh, in this role? I mean, <laughs> I hate to be like, if there's like a weak part of the movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's right. she's fine. She's fine. And then once you once you get Maggie Gyllenhaal, though, Maggie Gyllenhaal is better. It's hard for she's a better really actress, this, but she's, yeah. she's fine. Like, that's what I came away with with Katie Holmes in this as well is she's perfectly fine. She's fine. Yeah. Batman girlfriend. She's fine. She's she's actually <laughs> actually gets some stuff to do and she's not just sidelined the entire time. I mean, she's she's good. Yeah. yeah. I think the character is good. I think they yeah. set up well, especially knowing what's going to happen to Rachel in the next movie and how yeah. pivotal that's going to be. Sure. Um, the choice and how much how much Bruce cares, like not Batman, how much Bruce cares about Katie Hill, uh, Katie Hill, how much he Rachel. cares about Rachel. Um, and I hate to do this because I was like, I feel like I just did this. And it was the Looper episode that I talked about mm-hmm. how Emily Blunt's accent was so bad and it just took me out of it. But like Katie Holmes was just like such the weak link in this movie. It was like actively bad and it really stuck out to me on this watch. And I I hate to just like, I don't want to just be picking on the female actresses in these movies, I mean, but 
um, it, she really it, it she really stuck out. And I was like, oh yeah, that's why they recast her. She was not good. In this. I thought she was actually better than my memory of her was though. Like okay, in, she was like much worse to me than my memory. Yeah. But I also feel like around 2005 was probably like I was like crushing on Katie Holmes at the time. So um, that probably <laughs> you couldn't so, wait. Probably no. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. I, I teaching Mrs. Tingle. Maybe we'll be doing that next week. Um, oh my god. Uh, I would not put that on anyone, even you guys here. I I uh, remember reading the book, um, Killing Mrs. Griffin, I think is what it's called. Um, but then they changed it to Teaching Mrs. T- I remember Killing Mrs. Tingle, but they, they changed the title because it was mid-2000s. Yeah. Could um, not Killing a Teacher, the title. Can't be, can't be Killing Teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say the one thing that does stick out in my mind about this character, though, and I'll, I, it's hard for me to even think about anything mm. beyond, like, this part. It's just, like when he's there it's a it's a it's a great scene the music's fantastic the score is really great for the series but when they're on the rooftop and she's just like who are you and he's right, just yeah. like it doesn't matter who's underneath the mask it's or it, you know it's not about who i'm under the mask it's what i do that matters and she's like bruce and he like leaves and i'm like he might as well have just been like hey it's me bruce like yeah i here's chuckled a, here's so a two hard sentence monologue that you gave earlier yeah, like two yeah. hours ago <laughs> Um, and it's it's because of Gail, and it's not because of her. I was I laughed so hard at that moment last night because Gale is like still trying to Batman, but he's also trying to do like Bruce Wayne voice. So it's like a, it ends up being like this mixture of sort of <laughs> sounding like Bruce, but also sort of sounding like Batman, and it's just like a mess. It's. I didn't mind the I didn't mind the Batman voice in this one. I'll be curious as I watch Dark Knight tonight. I think because um, it's not consistent in this. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, not. Consistent. It's, it's not so overwhelming. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I didn't mind it. I but that line of like, "Who are you?" I rolled my eyes so hard that I'm like, nobody would ask, "Who are he you?" Hasn't like, like, he hasn't quite. He hasn't quite. He could be. He could be like, "Oh, I'm I'm Jim." whatever and so I'm like, Jim oh, Gordon. Okay. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just like some guy you've never heard of. Like we are in a huge city. Like why? Why are you asking who am I? It's, I mean, I get, I get it if it's like a reporter, but it, most likely it's not going to be somebody you know. I think it would have made more sense if she's like, you remind me of somebody. Who are you? Um, well, I mean, I mean, she. To be fair, she's the DA, and so she probably does have a vested interest in who this vigilante is. Right. But also the one you don't want to tell who you are. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 The That's true. Yeah. Prosecute you. Oh yeah. Okay. Good point. Yep. Um. Yeah, I I like Scary Batman a lot in this. Um, and yes. I, I love I love the effect that we get from the um the toxic the uh, panic inducing toxin, mm, but yeah. the fear toxin or whatever. But especially when it's Batman, like when he's flying over the city and people look up and you just see the like orange eyes and like mm-hmm. in uh, you know for a movie that we haven't really talked about the theme of fear through this, but you know the movie starts with Bruce being afraid of bats. That's why he becomes. He takes on this moniker of Bat because he wants everybody mm-hmm. to be as afraid of Bats as he was. And that the villain's plot all is about fear and fear destroying the city. Yep. And so I, I love that that's that running theme through this movie. But especially I just really like the way that it looks. Um, the Scarecrow some, that is terrifying. But like Batman with the orange eyes flying mm-hmm. over everybody just looks so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they I do a great. Go ahead, Kevin. Please. No, I, I, I was going to add to say, like, I like to. When he did the close up, when he's talking to Scarecrow, right, and he's got like that all black and like his like mouth is dripping, like mm-hmm. ooze, basically. Uh, I like that effect as well, and I also like the you know Doctor Crane is in here right now. <laughs> yeah. Like to make it a point, I thought it was funny. Oh, I, I I wrote that down as mine. Like 
because I did note the humor in this, and I think there's some, actually some funny parts of this. Mm. But when they're trying to be funny, like that line, it just it didn't work for me. So that was a line that I did not think worked. But mm. um, it is funny. It's just it's like again, like just feels for like a hyper real attempt at Batman to like have that line. I'm just like it doesn't make any sense why you would say that. Yeah, I really like the way that, you know, we talked a little bit about it earlier, like with the beginning to be Batman, but I like the way all of the Batman taking out a group of people in the darkness was staged in this really, really well as well between the the alley fight and the fight at the docks with Falcone's men. It's I it's really, really like well done Batman stuff like it's Mm -hmm. it's stuff we've seen before with Batman where he grabs one guy, takes him up. Everybody's like, where'd the guy go? Oh no. Yeah, that is fun. But it's like really well staged in this. And I think really well done. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I love there's some lines in this. I feel like the unintentional comedy is really good in this. Mm. Um, and, like there's a line where, and I had to I had to rewind it like three times to write it down. But uh, Batman says to Gordon, he says, "Crane poisoned her with psych- psychotropic hallucinogen, a panic-inducing toxin." And I was like, "That is such a mouthful of a lie." Like it just made me laugh <laughs> when he says that. And then he's driving Rachel back to the Batcave, yeah. and Rachel. She's, she's freaking out, and he goes. Stay calm. You've been poisoned. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's like the one thing you like, don't why? want to say to somebody. To get yeah. Like, yeah. Like, stay calm. First off, never tell a woman to you're calm. Gonna die. <laughs> First, never tell a woman to calm down. That's something I. Yeah, true. But also, you know, if you are trying to get somebody to be calm, don't tell them they're poisoned. I'll tell them they've been poisoned. Yeah. yeah. But um, freaking out. Also, yeah. also in the humor stuff, the humor stuff in this is like when Bruce Wayne has to act like an asshole to get everybody to leave. Yeah. Um, and then so, people are leaving. And and they're like murmuring. They're like, man, he's really becoming a jerk lately. Um, I, just thought, I thought like that stuff was really good. It's just the lines that were written yeah. directly to be funny. Like the What I really stuff. love is the lady who like says Raz, Raz al Ghul. And then, <laughs> and then just like walks away. She's yeah. like, just, she's just, just making the just, intro. Okay. My line, is, my line is over. I'm out. Well, it's like, she's, yeah, I actually I looked for it because I remember this so, being like a small little meme on the internet, right? And <laughs> she actually is there when he says, I saw him die. And yeah. it's just like that lady is right there. She doesn't really <laughs> react. Like, no, no, no. like they really should have just been like, ma'am, you, you gotta you gotta leave the scene. Because like what a weird line to hear a person. Because unless say. she was unless she was in on it. Her yeah. character makes no sense in that moment. It's so no, she's just, she's just like, well, <laughs> see you later. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I like the party scene, too, because, again, like, I don't remember the last time I saw this movie, but knowing the rest of the series, we are going to get those Wayne Manor, those Bruce yeah. Wayne parties. Like, we're going to get yep. the Welcome iconic one in the next movie. Yeah. Um, and I and I'm pretty sure that there's one that starts with Rises. With Rises, I think I've only seen the one time. So I'm very excited to watch that uh, probably tomorrow. Nice. Um, yeah. Anything else that we want to touch on? Like, I think there's going to be stuff and feedback that'll for us, but anything else that you yeah. guys want to make sure we touch on? We didn't talk too much about Lucius Fox, the character. Oh, no. yeah, um, he's he's fantastic. Like, Morgan, Morgan Freeman popping up in this movie as Lucius Fox, and just the, like, like sass that he's laying down at Bruce Wayne. Like, look, you don't have to tell me what you're doing, but... Come on, I kind of need to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just so he's so wonderful in this film, and yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I love his performance. I think he's great, and it's great to have. But like, it's nice 
to have a film where Batman has allies that you actually feel in the film are capable people. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of a instead of a really old Jim Gordon and a really old Alfred who can't do anything to help him. <laughs> yeah. You have freaking Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman and Gary Oldman who are all like you. You're like any one of them could step in and like pull out a sword and like chop somebody and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. We haven't talked about Michael Caine either. So we should. No, he's fantastic, Alfred. He's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on uh, on Lucius Fox? I loved Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. As Lucius Fox is a character from the comics that, you know, a lot of people really don't know. And the way that they've utilized him in this film and Morgan Freeman's portrayal as a character, I thought is so, so good. And I love their dynamic and relationship and how it carries through the rest of the series. I think it's really fantastic. And yeah, I agree with Brendan. Like, Morgan Freeman just does such a good job. And like, you're like cheering for him practically at the mm. end like when he when he you know he gets fired but he comes back at the end did you get the memo i thought was very fun like mm-hmm. it's a really well delivered yeah. moment for morgan freeman for a moment he really went into like red from uh, uh shawshank yeah. redemption but he gets like, to shut down was, Rutger Howard. Yeah. yeah it's great so yeah. it, i really liked his performance a lot um and i like to what brendan's saying the dynamics that exist in this world like these allies that he has um, and yeah, Michael Caine as uh, as 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 Alfred is is really fantastic. Although another one of the funny lines that's that's not meant to be funny, but my friends have quoted is the like, uh, "What happens when we fall down?" It's just like you never did give up on me, did you? Never. <laughs> like you know, like, it's just such a it's just such a Michael Caine read of a line that is just yeah. delightful. Yeah, Michael Michael Caine's great, and we had him in Inception last week too. And we, yep. you know, I do like one of the things I love about Nolan, and you know, some of the other directors are like, yeah, Scorsese does this too, and Paul Thomas Anderson, like where they work with um, the same actors a lot, and so it's really fun, like just the, the different actors that popped up in in this movie, but like in all of these Nolan movies I've been watching, and the different themes. I think Christopher Nolan is so good about pulling different elements from his movies. And that's what I watched following this week, which is his first movie. And I'd, I'd seen it before, but um, following, if you haven't seen it, it's it's short, it's his very first movie, uh, but it you can draw elements from following into just about every one of his movies. Uh, and it's really cool. Even with the Batman movies, there is a Batman symbol on the door of one of the characters' apartments. And they walk in, it's like, blink and you miss it. But there is a bat, so it's like, Oh, he's got like a little Batman Easter egg in his very first movie before he, you know, there's even a thought That's in his mind that he's going to be doing this. Nice. So um, if you haven't seen Following, I definitely recommend it if you've seen a lot of the Nolan movies. People have it lower on his rankings. I mean, I think all of Nolan's movies are good. I have I have Following second to last um, with just Insomnia after it, but. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm very excited about that. I'm the only person I felt who who didn't really like insomnia. I feel like I was alone for so long. This is a very joyous moment for me. Thank oh, you. Okay. No, I think yeah. it's like, I think, I think, I mean, I'd have to look. We did Insomnia in season one. Yeah, I, feel I was about like to say, insom- do we have a season one podcast for you, Kevin? Yeah, we do have a season one season. But um, let's see, what did I give Insomnia? I can pull it up. Yeah, quick. I would have to I mean, look it. It's just like a, you know, it's just like kind of a generic murder mystery. Yeah, it's uh, fine. It's fine. It's, fine. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's fine. Three and a half is what I, three and a half is what I gave it. The podcast overall gave it three. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, totally mid. Yeah. yeah totally um, mid. It, it, it just doesn't feel like a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. And like, his movies have such a special. There's something special about his movies, and that is just very much like a average, um, you know, yeah. cop. It procedure. feels like a Pacino movie than it yes. does a Nolan movie, and yeah, I right. think that's obviously because of Pacino's presence. Um, right. And this is, that was like his third one, so like 
you know, he wasn't huge. Like he, he got big. But he had momentum, done Memento, which set the bar yeah. so high, and that movie Correct. Just does not reach the. It was a top three movie for me for a very long time. Yeah, uh, love. Uh, do you guys have a favorite scene in this movie? I'd written that down. Yes. Uh, okay. So I've been waiting to talk about this because there's two things that 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 I I have felt about. Um, there's a scene people really love, and I don't love it as much, especially later in life, but. It's the moment when he's in the train and he does the like, I don't have to, uh, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. Which I'm just yeah. like, that is killing him. But like that, that is yeah. that is uh, that is a problem. And so like yeah. I, I I yeah, it was an interesting way to get around the Batman doesn't kill thing, mm. and I still was just like, eh, I don't love it. Um, but I do think one like a bat like a movie feels like a very Batman line, and almost like exemplifies the character and his mm. dynamics is the ending moment where Jim Gordon says, I never did thank you. And he goes, and you'll never have to. And then leaves. I'm mm -hmm. like, that's an amazing line. That feels like a Batman yeah. line to me. That is so great. This idea of just like, oh, I never thanked you for your help. And he's just like, you never have to. It's just, this is this is what I do. And I'm just yeah, like, I, I really love like that. I adore that's the that. Last, and that's the last line of the movie. Um, I think it is, yeah. Because yeah. uh, then he flies I, up and then he yeah. flies in. I remember at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, yeah. when do they show the title card? And right. it doesn't come yeah. till the very end of the movie. Yeah. It's always, it's always, there's, a, there's an Onion article that's like, intense movie has 45 minutes before the title card shows. So right. It's a much better headline. Um, than, you want to know, uh, sorry, one, one comment, and I definitely want to hear your guys' scenes mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah. But the title card reminded me. I am convinced the other reason that title card is at, is at the end I am, like, I don't think anyone can convince me otherwise. That is not what Nolan wanted this movie to be named. I am 100% convinced that Nolan wanted to call this movie The Dark Knight. And Warner Brothers said, Ooh. cannot call this movie The Dark Knight. Yeah. You have to have Batman in the title. And Nolan was yeah. like, I want it to be The Dark Knight, though. And they're like, well, too bad. And so he put it at the end. It's called Batman Begins. And the reason I think this is the case is Makes because sense. if you actually look at the structures of these Look at the next, yeah. There. This should have been The Dark Knight. The yep. next movie should have been The Dark Knight Rises. And the last movie was very clearly The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, That is clearly been. the structure. Because yeah. like, if you look at it, it's like, this is how he starts. He is The Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises. He is. It is his arc of being a hero, but then obviously his fall at the end. And then he's gone. And then the next movie, the last movie, is literally about him returning after years away. Yep. Yeah, That's if you've if you've read obvious. those if you've read those classic classic books from the eighties as well, like there are elements that are clearly taken in each one of those mm -hmm. for these movies that Nolan took his inspiration from and very clearly wanted this. There, there's a reason people call this the Dark Knight trilogy, yeah, and not the yeah. Batman Begins trilogy. Mm -hmm. It's because it's the freaking Dark Knight trilogy, you know? Yeah. Um, they're they're all three the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. So what I like about the way that the title comes up, though, mm. and, and I do think, I think, Kevin, I think that makes a lot of sense. I almost also wonder if the third one could have been called The Dark Knight Falls, because he literally falls in that movie, and you have the rise and the mm. fall. Um, but but I, I like it because we see all of this preamble, and it's almost like this is a cold open to The Dark yeah, Knight, the right? Dark Knight. And so all of this happens, and then you see that Bat, like you see Batman begins, and it's like, okay, Batman has now taken like full form, and right. you had not seen full form until this point. You know, he's got... 
he's got the the bat signal is in place. He's got this this connection with Jim Gordon, and he's got now his first mission as a fully formed Batman, which is this card, which is such an awesome tease. And I cannot, I wish I could remember like how I felt in 2005, but I'm sure I was just like, holy shit, that's the Joker! Like, oh, yeah, it's gonna, like the sequel's gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh, the sequel's gonna be really good. Had I, I had no idea how good the sequel. Uh, was. None of us knew. None uh, of us knew. Which I, I'm, I'm getting very excited because in like. 90 minutes, I'll probably <laughs> off. And, um, 90 minutes, oh man. I mean, by the time we, you know, we still got a lot of, yeah. lot of talking to do on this, and then I got some production work to do, Brendan. Fair enough, man. Fair, for all fair, the people. Fair, so, fair. Uh, Brendan, what's your favorite scene from this yeah, movie? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. I think it's probably either the first crane reveal with, um, with Wilkinson, with Carmine, mm-hmm. or it's the, um, the fight at the beginning between Razogul and and Bruce Wayne, where their their training session, just like I think it's fantastic. I mean, even if it goes on a little too long, I think it sets the stakes of the film up so well. Just in that entire training, thirty minutes—you can't even call it a montage because thirty minutes of the film spent on training Bruce Wayne with the League of Shadows and then Bruce Wayne making the decision not to join the League of Shadows. Mm-hmm. I think that's all really great. I think it's I'm gonna give it to the League of Shadows stuff. Nice. Yeah. I I did think and you know I, I'm Kevin said this earlier too about like Nolan using mm. practical effects, not using CGI, which I think is really good because if you watch a movie from 2005 with CGI, it's probably going to look dated at this point. Mm-hmm. But the one part of this that looked dated was his fight with fake with decoy Ra's al Ghul as he's mm. printed in the movie. Mm. Like there's like sparks flying behind them. And I'm just like, I, it just felt so much like I could just see the set of this and none of the rest of it, but it's probably cause that was such a light scene, but it was like, mm. It really, I wrote that down. I was like, "Oh, is all of the action going to look this cheap?" But it's the, it's only that scene where the action I felt looked uh, yeah. looked really cheap. But he's so, up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my favorite scene, uh, and I just I don't know why I just really love this is that scene where uh, Batman is driving Rachel back to the Batcave, mm-hmm. and he says like the "Stay calm, you've been poisoned" line. But there's just like such a there's such a tension there, and you know she's not going to die, but you can for the first time you really feel like he cares so much about what happens and he's so invested in this. And then when he does the like jump and I love every yeah. time that the Batmobile jumps through that waterfall, yeah. it looks so cool. Um, and I just, I love that as a capper. And then he's in there and he's taking care of her and he actually takes off his mask mm-hmm. and she, she doesn't see that it's Bruce, but if she would have just opened her eyes, she would have then known who Batman was much. Earlier. Yeah. The, the Batmobile is really fantastic. And this movie, Nolan's version of the Batmobile. I really, really love it's It's what it's wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. Like you get the whole James Bond esque training scene with Lucius, where he test drives the Batmobile for the first time, and it's freaking fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I love that scene too because Lucius is like freaking out, and he's like, "This was used for like it was supposed to be used to build bridges, but it didn't really work yeah. for the bridges." And then he's like, "But don't try that here." Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, All right. Yeah. Why don't we move on to feedback? Yes. All right. Shall we? Any anything else uh, before we get to feedback? You know, like I hit all the stuff I was going to, but we'll, well you'll have one more on chance. Yeah, one, one last thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like the feedback will spur things, yeah. uh, especially our buddy Max comments. I feel like we'll have comments on that. All right, we'll start with box office though. Before, um, so this came out June seventeenth, two thousand five, that weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, debuted number one in the box office by quite a bit, knocking Mr. And Mrs. Smith from the number one spot. Mm. Um, also, in its fifth week of release, I always forget these were the same summer. That is yep. uh, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. 
Um, Wild. And yeah, Cinderella Man was in the theaters. <laughs> uh, oh, man. The Boxing, Longest Yard, Madagascar, um, Crash in its seventh week. Um, yes, that best movie was better. Oscar award winning Crash. Yes, yeah, Best Picture winner. Um, and I don't think there's anything else that we've covered on this podcast or anything else worth like noting. Brennan, anything that you notice on here? Not really outside of the Rudge of the Sith thing. Layer Cake was in the theaters yeah. at that time. Uh, yeah. which, uh, speaking of, I mean, I think the James Bond. Cena Royale and James Bond will come up later, but um, yeah, Layer Cake, mm-hmm. that was Daniel Craig early on. Um, all right, yep, nothing else to, nothing else from the box office, but I'm sure, I think you had a note in here, Brendan, that it was, um, Oh, okay. No, I thought you had a, I, you read you had a note it. when it came when it came out of number one spot. Let's see how many weeks was this in number one. Uh, next week it was still in number one. I had Bewitched. Uh, War of the Worlds. Five. Okay, so speaking of movies we've done, War of the Worlds knocked it off three weeks later. What? Oh, oh. Yeah, wow. So we've done on this podcast. Oh, man, this year, right? Yep. Uh, no, last year. Was War of the Worlds this year or last year? I don't remember. It was this last point. year. Nope, okay. it was last year. I know they all blend together. Four years. Yeah, ago. I know, right? Jeez. What a uh, movie. All right. <laughs> Indeed. Feedback wise, kick things off short but sweet. We've got one from Megan the Librarian. She said, I just recently watched Batman Begins and I'm not watching it again this week. Um, but she said, Here's my review. It was fine. Three and a half stars. Christopher <laughs> 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 Nolan is like, That's it. <laughs> Love Megan <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Jenny, the music teacher, writes in and says, Christian Bale is the worst Batman to ever Ooh. come on any size of screen. Batfleck is better than Bale. He walks around with some painful-sounding throat infection and calls it acting. Overall, this movie is a bland superhero movie. Two stars from Jenny, the music teacher. Oh, man. So I think this is where we can get into Dale as Bruce Wayne, Dale as Batman against the other Batmans. Like, I mean, Kevin... Who's your Who's your number one Batman? I think I've heard you talk. Yeah, about give best in work, but give best yeah, who's your Batman? Is this um is this only live action? Let's no. stick to live action. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because if we if it's not live action, we all know what the right answer is. So you know, R.I.P. Yeah. But uh, it's the obvious answer there. Um, man, live action probably is at this particular moment. It is Robert Pattinson. He just gave a very wow. different interpretation of the character that I thought was very interesting and fascinating. Something I feel like I hadn't really seen and delved into before. He had like a real character art and character growth and towards a positive direction that I like for the character a lot. I'm really interested to see what happens in the second movie because I do want to see how they play with that Bruce Wayne aspect of him. So like, who's the best Batman? that part of it i lean a little bit towards robert pattinson mm-hmm. it's really tough because like at the same time if you ask me who has ever had the best batman action sequence it's probably uh ben affleck um mm-hmm. so it's probably uh robert pattinson at the top for me followed by uh keaton most likely yeah. i think uh does a good job i think he does a great job balancing both a bruce wayne and a batman mm-hmm. um i think both those performances are interesting uh i probably then put oh boy Probably then put Bale, then Ben Affleck, then Val, Val Kilmer, then George Clooney. It's probably my rankings. Mm-hmm. Where does Adam West fall on that? Uh, it's so hard to put Adam West in any shape or form. Because it's not there. List. It's not there. Yeah, it's, it's a very different take. Yeah. 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 It's intentionally it's intentionally bad. goofy. Like, and yeah, like honestly, if we're if we're talking about like in, the intentionality and the performance of that it's intentionality, fantastic. he's yeah. very high up. Like. Yeah. If we're talking about that, he's probably as high as Bale for me because it is a very he's different take. Dad he's dad that for take perfectly. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. All right, Brendan, who's why don't you just give your best and worst? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's Keaton's number one. I mean, mm. he was, you know, number one from the time I was nine years old. I, the, I mean, I'm, you know, not, can I spoil Flash? <laughs> no, I, I should don't because I am going to watch this and it just finally is streaming. So. It's on Max, I think, right? Yeah. I'm excited to watch some, it because it's so polarizing. I don't know, like some people seem to really like it and some people seem to really hate it. And I'm, I know some things that happen in it. Um, I mean, but yeah, I everything. mean, let, let's just say, like, yeah, I mean, he's still my number one despite some other factors. Let's just say. Um, oh, is he bad in Flash? Interesting. So. That's not what I meant. Maybe. Okay. I'll <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, but you'll find out. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, as far as worst, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think Clooney is the worst, like Batman, Batman. But again, that's not like entirely his fault. I mean, it's the it's the script he was given. And he probably would have made a great Bruce Wayne on his own, but he was just saddled with a really terrible movie where he's both a bad Bruce Wayne and a bad Batman. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Clooney. So what, okay. what do I mean? Um, Yeah, I I think for me it's Bale. Like, I, I mm. actually did like Pattinson, but I just was, I don't know. I just, like, that movie took me a couple of views, and I really like the movie now. It just, I didn't like it the first time. Um, I also feel like that movie caused me to listen to something in the way like a million times because oh that is so good. Um, <laughs> but and even just like, the main score of that movie, like when yeah. he's walking, yeah. Michael Giacano is just incredible with the yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, Batman's Batman movie scores are just like I don't even know how you pick one. Like the, they're it's all true. so iconic. They're really good. Um, and then worse, I, I'm just because I probably have seen it the least. I'm going to say Kilmer. Like mm. I couldn't tell you anything about the performance, but I don't know. I like Clooney as an actor. Um, and I like that he's kind of swarmy. So yeah. just Kilmer, I don't have any connection to. Um, Here's a hot take, by the way, Zach. Mm-hmm. I actually love Batman Forever. Me if too. you look at Batman yeah, Forever, yeah, as a spiritual successor to the Adam West stuff, yes. it's perfect. Mm. Yep. Like, Batman and Robin goes too far. Batman Forever, as a spiritual successor to the Adam West Batman, works really well. Actually, I remember on really some well, podcast, yeah. I don't remember who it was, might have been one of yours, somebody was talking about, like, the casting what-ifs for that for Batman Forever, and there's some, like, really interesting people they were thinking yeah. about casting for Batman Forever. Um, also, something I don't know when I will fit this in, so just in terms of casting what-ifs, I I recently watched Mission Impossible 3, go, before Mission Impossible movies, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is a villain, I just took mm-hmm. away from that. I was like, man, it, we really like could have had him play an awesome version of the Penguin, and it is such a shame we never got that. Uh, I don't know if that was ever even discussed, but I just remember like reading about that on the internet as like a rumor, and that would have been so cool. He would have been great. He would have great been a great Penguin. I, I really, I really miss Phil Springer Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, there he yeah, is. Great. All right. Um, so that is a lot of talk about uh, Jenny's two star review. Jenny's two star review. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yep. Uh, Ron said. Uh, Felt like this movie was too split apart during the three parts in a way that didn't work for me. Uh, Too long on the backstory and the applied science toys and the split between the villains seemed off. Definitely waited too long to bring Neeson back three stars. Um, Yeah, I do. I I was surprised how long it took to get Liam Neeson back in the movie. I forgot it took that long. Yeah, I mean, it's literally the the last 20 minutes of the movie is is Neeson coming back. Um, I love everything applied science. And I think the thing I picked it up on, as I talked about earlier, that I didn't remember from the last time I watched is that the presence of what Neeson sets up in the beginning is there throughout the entire movie Mm -hmm. in the form of Jonathan Crane and what's going on with the water supplier and the vaporizer. So, like, his fingerprints are there. They keep talking about this other person that they're all working for. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's in the shadows. Person, yeah, is in the shadows. Mm-hmm. So you get, you 
Like, once you know that it's Neeson and you go back and watch it, I didn't feel his absence this time because I was like, okay, they're talking about Neeson constantly in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because he's well, behind and, everything. Yeah, we don't so. see them work together. I don't even think we ever see them, like, interact with each mm. other. But, yeah, the, in, in that Ra's al Ghul knows so much about Bruce Wayne. He knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Um, like that he's able to, like he's, and he doesn't care about like, he's not, you know, a lot of times the villain is trying to expose the identity. He's not interested in that, but that he has been in the shadows this whole time and he's been, he knows what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of his shtick. So honestly, like I was fine with the fact that we didn't see him for so long. And Mm -hmm. Ra's al Ghul is very much a a type of character who is in the shadows and then will just show up at the end to be like, oh, hey, it was me. Uh, If you haven't figured it out, uh, you know. Is that why he recruited Bruce Wayne to begin with? Like, was he was trying to get Bruce Wayne to act against Gotham, and that was that was the whole thing. Like, he recruited him intentionally because he was from Gotham. He's Gotham royalty. I just kind of put that together. Yeah, it's it's the connection to Gotham and like Mm. the the want of enacting his plan. He also, uh, in the comics and stuff, Rachel Ghoul respects Bruce Wayne immensely because of his intelligence and like the things he accomplishes. yeah, it's 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 they have a really great dynamic, and you know Bruce has a kid with his daughter, uh, so there's that too. There you go. Yep. All right. Uh, the great Joe Crumbly writes in and says Batman Begins doesn't age terribly well. It was innovative in its time, but it has so many copycats now that that the newness has has faded. It also suffers from being seen on a small screen. Still four out of five from Jim though. Uh, hero of the movie is Alfred. I'm a sucker for a good Alfred, and Michael Caine may be the best. I think the aging of the movie, comparing it to films that came after, is not something that you can fairly hold against the this movie, right? I mean, that doesn't. I almost seem... feel like if anything, if you're going to compare it to something, it's that the sequel is so good. Like this, like, yeah, it's the rare case where the sequel is better right. than the original. I don't know yeah. if there's anybody who would say Batman Begins is better than The Dark Knight, uh, just because yeah. how ba- how The Dark Knight expands on this. And I mean, the co- yeah, the co- the copycats are worse. Not that Batman Begins. I don't. Yeah, think. I, don't I, think I, I get what you can, Yeah, I don't think that you can diminish the original because of the bad things that came after. That's not the original's fault. Like, yeah, you know. yeah. Which, I mean. He gave the right score ultimately, right? Like, yeah, yeah, he gave yeah, him like yeah, a two did. out of five. I've been like, ah, oh, come on. But then... yeah, yeah, <laughs> if Jim's going to do anything, he's going to show his work. So he did do that. Exactly. Um, which Andy Serkis is Alfred in Snyderverse or in yeah. The Batman? Uh, the Batman is uh, is Circus. Uh, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy is, Irons. Yeah, right. Snyderverse. Okay. okay. Yeah. All great actors. Yeah. yeah, honestly, I don't think there's been a bad Alfred, if I could think no. off the top of my head. Like, yeah. even old, old man Alfred in the originals were so good. Yeah, he's, like, very huggable in that one. In this one, I, I like when he puts Rachel in the backseat of the car and he, like, looks over at the wait staff. That's, <laughs> like, that was, that was a funny part of this movie as well. Um, all right. Uh, so this is a conglomeration of uh, G-chats that I got from Mac over the last day that oh, I God. kind of tried to put into paragraphs. Uh, so Mac says, uh, I had many thoughts about how a new Batman movie should be made. This was at the time. How a new Batman movie should be made. And Nolan hit like 90% of exactly what I wanted. Uh, As I was following the production, almost every decision was like, yep, perfect. Starting with hiring Nolan because I was a Memento fanboy. At the time, I thought Donner's Superman was the greatest superhero movie of all time. So the fact that Nolan explicitly used it as a template was awesome. Not just in the structuring of the narrative, but in the tone and casting. Um, okay, I'll pause there. Uh, I know you're a big Superman fan, Kevin. Any comparisons between Donner, Superman, and, and this movie? It's funny, I didn't know. 
Yeah, I didn't know that, but I can see it. When you talk about like the expansive origin and how long you mm-hmm. we spend with the League of Shadows and his past, mm-hmm. it is it does equate pretty well to like Superman landing, growing up on the farm, his dad dying. Like it, the, we do spend a lot of time um, with Superman, um, not yet Superman early on. So it does feel that when he goes to Metropolis for the first time, he's like so. I I definitely see the influences. Um, obviously, just a very different uh, character uh, yeah. in each one. Yeah, when I I last watched Superman, I think when you guys covered it on Everything is Super, like mm-hmm. this is probably during COVID, I'm assuming. Um, and I remember being really wowed by the cinematography. Like there's some shots that just like some landscape shots. I was like, wow, this looks, I did not realize this movie had like this level of talent behind the camera. Um, yeah, so I, it's, I remember it's liking that a lot. really well done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so he continues and says, taking a relatively unknown lead and surrounding him with the best name actors you can in small roles. Sadly, I was too online in 2005, and the Joker card revealed was spoiled for me. Um, Ooh, yeah, that, yeah, that that's would be a tough a spoiler. Oh, and he said he bummer. saw this movie like at midnight when it came out or whatever, and he still he had already seen. Uh, um, that's, that's, the internet has, has no chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even in 2005, when like we, this, some I think it said it was like some message boards or whatever. Would you call Christian Bale relatively unknown? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would. I mean. I mean, he, I thought he was—I thought he was known enough. American I mean, he, Psycho. He had right? done American like Psycho seven yeah. years before, and, yeah. and Newsies. And Newsies. Newsies, man. Done on this podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, and well, but uh, yeah, I think Chris Reeves was a lot more less known uh, at the time. Yeah. Than Christopher. Yeah, yeah, for all sure. Right. Uh, it's just another thought that he had today. He said, "Never really thought about how all three of these movies, in all three of these movies, the villain plan is to somehow tear down the people of Gotham. Mm-hmm. Begins, it is the fear toxin to make them go insane." Joker is similar, but using psychological warfare instead of chemicals. And Bane exploits seething resentment to turn the city against itself. So that is an interesting through line that every time it's always yeah, take down Gotham. Yeah. Um, and so he gets four stars for all of this. Nice. Good job, Mac. Yeah. Good feedback from Mac. All right. All right. Uh, uh, up next. Yeah. Stefan says, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. The most underrated actor and character in the Dark Knight trilogy is Christian Bale slash Batman. Like, with RDJ a few years later, if this casting and character doesn't work, then the next film doesn't work. And it should really be called DCEU Begins, because it's the start of DC jumping back into the movies. Thankfully, this trilogy is not lumped in with that crap, though. The supporting cast is all great. Special shout out to Katie Holmes, whose people (laughs) seem to forget. This is my favorite origin film of any superhero. It skips over very quickly why Bruce became Batman and focuses more on how he became Batman. And I think that is the true success of the movie. 4.5 out of 5 from Stefan. Well, I guess he didn't like the part about Katie Holmes that I was talking about. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I think that the how Bruce becomes Batman is like that's the Nolan of this movie, right? Like yeah. Nolan is so interested. He's not as interested in the, in the how and many of these movies. He's interested in the how. Um, and we saw that with Inception last week, too, sure. that it's 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 more like what can we do? Like the what and the how and not the not yeah. the who and the why. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't have a lot to quibble with there. Yeah. yeah. I think I think Christian Bale is fine. I don't think he gives like a great performance. Yeah. I don't think he's bad. I just I mean I think he, like he fits the role, and I feel like for Batman, like you role. don't need to 
you can do it like you you become this you become the character it's such an overshadowing yeah. character and I, right. I think he's better than a lot of the you know also rands that were in the mix for the role at the time you know i mean billy crudup was up, almost given the role oh, um killian murphy was actually up for batman before he became crane um josh hartnett was oh in man the mix. Um, yeah, so we had so, Josh I mean, Hartnett and Katie Holmes. Yeah, um, I mean Heath Ledger was yeah. in the mix. David Boreanaz, Jake Gyllenhaal could have been Bruce Wayne. Like could have Jake Gyllenhaal and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, that would have been that would have been, been real fun. awkward. Yeah. That would have been fun. Very Lannistery. Uh, um, so yeah, I mean I think Dale is the best actor among those who were in deep consideration at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, no it, Nicolas Cage for Batman, just Superman at the time. At this time, no. All right. That's right. the Kevin Smith thing. Uh, well, and uh, shout out to Stefan because this was his choice last week. Yeah. It's his, his selection. All right. We close things out with Alex O. Alex O says, Batman Begins is super solid and I've always liked it a lot. It isn't quite as tight as Nolan's best films. And some of the plot doesn't make too much sense under closer examination. But it is a great Batman reboot. Four out of five. He says, P.S. I forgot to add. I've been traveling and saw the mountain a lot of the snowy sequences. I saw the mountain a lot of the snowy sequence scenes of Inception were filmed at. So you saw nice. that mountain. That's awesome. Um, Snowy right. Mountain might be a connection yeah. to both movies. Oh, um, four stars for Alex O. Um, yeah. And overall ratings, uh, so that's a 3.57 listener average. Um, yep. I'm going to go first with my rating because I do feel like it's like it's similar to Alex's. This, yeah. and I just I agree with what he said. It is a just a solid movie, and it kicks off this trilogy. Like if this movie. We could have had a very bad trilogy if this movie didn't land. Um, and I think it sets up a lot. I, I It's definitely overshadowed by the next one. And I actually, I remember being like really liking Rises in the theater um, and just being mm-hmm. so immersed by it and feeling like it was so epic in scale. Um, and this just lays the groundwork for both of those movies and you see themes and, um, you know, it's it doesn't have the time stuff that I like from Nolan movies besides it's a little bit of flashback. But I, yeah, I think it's a solid movie. I think like everybody is doing very well at their game um and so yeah i think it's a four for me just solid rewatchable movie yeah i mean i came into this actually like expecting to not enjoy it as much as i did and give it a lower score especially in the early moments of trying to watch this film and all the freaking sound issues i was having um i mean you know i talked about it the, the movie does feel like it drags but you also don't know what you would cut that would actually save you any time i mean what a lot of people say you would cut is one of my favorite things in the movie which is all of the training stuff so yeah i mean i think the movie hangs together still really really well and they nailed the casting of every single part in this film i think katie holmes gets a bad rap and actually isn't that bad in this movie (laughs) in retrospect but she's fine leave her alone she's fine so i'm gonna give it a four as well all right kevin close us out Uh, I mean, three for three here. Uh, I'm also giving it a four. I think it's a really, really well done film. I still still really enjoy it. I think it holds up well. I think the cast is pretty fantastic. Again, I'm a little bit less on Katie Holmes, so that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, And it feels like a really good Batman story. Like, regardless of this influence, I I think, and the negative things that that pulled me away from from it, uh, it's really well done. It's really well done as an origin story. It handles a a lot of stuff really well. It's not perfect. So that's probably why it's getting the four. Um, but it also leads to, you know, what comes after, which I think is also extremely, yeah. extremely good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. Uh, Hero of the movie. Yes. Kevin, you can go first with your Hero of the movie. 
Oh my gosh, uh, that's really tough. I the the thinking about it, like I gotta give it, I think, to Morgan Freeman. It was either gonna be Morgan Freeman or Gary Oldman. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Both were so good in their roles as Jim Gordon and Lucius Fox, but I gotta give it to Lucius Fox. There's just something about the way that he, that Morgan Freeman acts and like the sass behind there that I really love, mm -hmm. uh, and that continues throughout the series. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to give it to Morgan Freeman as Lucius. Right. I'll give it to Oldman then. Let me do it. I'll take the fall. I'll, I'll be do the old man. Right. Yeah, I'll be the old man. Um, right. and give it to because I yeah I mean I I praised it enough. I thought he was absolutely perfect in this. Loved it. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I definitely was leaning towards Lucius Fox as well. Um, just I I really enjoyed him in this movie. I thought he was good. I will give it to the literal hero of the movie though. I will give it to Batman. Um, not Bruce Wayne because Batman is who he is. Bruce Wayne is the mask. Mm -hmm. So there you um, go. Yeah, Batman. <laughs> nice. He begins. He's stopping crime and then he's gonna have to go away for a while and all the all the fun stuff that we have coming up for him over the next couple of movies. Nice. So, um, um we didn't say it it's a it's a 3.825 overall uh for 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 letterbox purposes nice so far all yeah. right so yeah. uh yes connections to inception from last week uh kevin any any inception connections that you have that just jump off for you besides like the i mean cast besides cast yeah. crew everything yeah it's the cast and crew i i think right i i wish it, it did it's it's not yet with joseph gordon levitt though specifically for cast mm -hmm. which uh i think is very fun um i think there's an element of it's weird to be like the planning of it all but yeah. there is an element of like having plans come together it's obviously from the uh other side of it with rachel ghoul but like the whole thing of like planning your 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 grandiose plan, I think it really ties to similar to like what they're doing in Inception, obviously with this like mind heist. Um, so like to me, there's a little bit of that. It's not direct, but like I can I I can see it. <laughs> well, and there are scenes in Inception where they're like getting the gear together and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. that kind of reminds me of the stuff with the scenes between Lucius Fox and Bruce Wayne too that we're yep. seeing, yeah, we're getting things together. Um, yeah, and I mean, we had the drugging of different characters in order to get them from place to place. And yeah. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, so. Ken Watanabe, don't panic, we've been yeah. poisoned. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah uh, uh, Killian Murphy, you have been poisoned yet again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hoisted by your own petard again, yeah. sir. <laughs> um, so, all right. Go. Well, uh, Brendan, what do we want to do for title connection? I mean, uh, we uh, have Christopher Nolan and cast connections. So. I just thought Nolan begins. It's short. Oh. Sweet. Well, he doesn't really begin, though. It's the problem. Uh, no one the continues. The called Batman Begins. God damn it! How about how about uh, we can we can pay homage to the Dark Knight Returns and we could say Christopher Nolan Returns. Dark Nolan Returns. Dark Nolan. Well, yeah, yeah. Just the Chris the Christopher Nolan Returns. Fine. Fits the fits its similar title structure. I mean, I'm sure there's if we want to dig, you know, we could say Killian right, Murphy, right. Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah, no, let's not, let's not, um, let's not, let's not get into it too much. But yes. yeah, I mean, yeah, we. Uh, as well, I mean, as far the, as... the, I will say that, like, the Scarecrow stuff is kind of like a nightmare, right? So we could have, yeah. like, dreams, like, Christopher Nolan's Nightmare or something. Yeah, Christopher Nolan's dream. What like, about Christopher Nolan's Nightmare? No, because it doesn't, no. You don't, I don't like, like that? It. No, I don't. We could do so Nightmare with K. K and I. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Okay, okay. Right, Christopher bye, Nolan's bye, Nightmare, bye, nightmare. that is it. All right, there we go. We got it. <laughs> Kevin's like. <laughs> my favorite part my favorite part is that Brennan and I spend time doing this, but people who are listening to the podcast can just look and they can see what we're gonna land on and they're like, You're yeah. not gonna do you're not gonna do the Christopher Nolan returns. That's not gonna be your I know what it is. Yeah, like they're yelling at their iPods. Um, All right. Uh what about connections to stuff? <laughs>
Uh, yeah, I mean, well, oh, and also one more connection to Inception is the Snowy Castle shot. Oh, I wrote yeah. that down immediately. Mm. Um, Inception. Uh, to other things we've done this year, I mean, we have all of the kind of like hero lore that we did a couple months ago where we had the Mask of Zorro, Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, Return of the Jedi, just like yep. that like IP, you know, comic booky. Uh, we had Christopher Nolan, obviously, with the Prestige. Um, uh, we, have, we have Katie Holmes in this. We kicked off the year with Tom Cruise and Top Gun, if we want to make that. Kind Bruce of Wayne literally cuts himself off from his wealth and goes into the wild. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think that's that's probably like the major ones. Yeah, those are the major ones I wrote. I don't think we had a lot of like cast connections really. Um, to other really? stuff. I mean, we had Christian Bale in the Prestige, um, but that's that whole Nolan using the same actors thing. There you go. So, all, all right. right. Uh, next yeah. your last year movie map. Uh, I mean, the two obvious ones are you know Ghost Rider and The Rocketeer. Our two <laughs> our two superhero origin movies. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah. So Kevin, I don't know if you looked at our list from last year. If you have anything that we did last year. Uh, I flipped through, but then work got nuts, and I was just like, I gotta get back to that. You're <laughs> like Brooklyn is the Brooklyn because you had yeah, me on the for, podcast last. I year. Uh, tried to think of a way to connect us to Brooklyn, and I didn't. Yeah. Really hilarious. Um, yeah, right. no, I don't. I don't think there's a way. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, I think the, I'll go with the Rocketeer as well. We've got the origin right. of a flying superhero. Great. Yeah. All right. Rocketeer's uh, great. Great movie. Um, all right. One last thing. Oh, no, I, uh, real quick. Other movies, this has come up a lot of times. Okay. It's kind of fun, the episode numbers that has come up. So uh, the first time this came up way back in February 2020, episode number seven off the Full Monty. Um, that was Av's suggestion to do Batman Begins. And he put uh, huh. TW, which I don't know who, who's TW. I don't oh, know. Oh, Tom Wilkinson. Oh, Tom Wilkinson. Yeah, thank you. And a Br- and, uh, British director. Yeah. Um, so it did, uh, did not make finals that week. So that was episode seven. Episode 17, 10 episodes later, we had done Insomnia, and yeah. Mac had suggested Batman Begins off of Insomnia. Yeah. Um, and then episode 170, so 7, 17, 170, The Mask of Zorro, Mac suggested it again. <laughs> nice. Um, he didn't really put why, but I guess it's just kind of like the hero. The Mac of Zorro. Uh, Zorro actually inspired uh, Batman as a character, and oh. in a lot of Batman movies, they're leaving watching Zorro. The theater yeah. they're in, like it was a movie theater. And oh, that's I think that was what it is. Yeah, they are leaving the the Zorro. Um, that was part of it too. So, uh, and then episode one seventy seven. So again, another seven. Uh, I suggested it off of the Prestige. Nice. And uh, then last week, uh, one eighty four. So I guess oh, that's man. seven Broke episodes later. Yeah, yeah. Broken. Well, it's seven <laughs> episodes after one seventy seven. Hey, oh, okay. It. There it, was, it is. Yeah, it was suggested off of uh, Stefan suggested it last week. All right, it great. Was selected. All right. One Good last job. thing. Uh, anything, uh, anything any of you have that you've not gotten to say yet? Yeah, it's just really nice that Michael Caine got to play Alfred in this, and he's an Oscar-winning actor, and the movie he won his Oscar for was literally playing the title character named Alfie. Oh, that's fun. So that's really, it's really save fun that, that for your suggestions. That's, there a good, you go. that's the next next movie. There you go. So that All that's right. my one last thing. Shout out to Michael Caine for being meta. Yep. It's great. Uh, Kevin? Uh, my one last thing is, you know what's really fun about this movie, though? It's the first time Batman got to turn his head. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. or, or is that the next one? That might be the next one. But, like, this was a whole thing for a long time, is that the way that Batman cowl is set yeah. up, it's stiff, so he has to, like, turn his upper body. And I actually, it is the Dark Knight. Dang. Uh, uh, but I was so ready, because, like, in, in that, he finally can, like, turn his head left and right, and it's the first time that it's allowed to happen. Bonkers. Um, I will look for that. 
in an hour when yeah. I watch this. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that they call the material, like what, if, I don't remember what Lucius calls it, but like so the word that he uses for the material, it's like flexible, like something flexible where it's like, and then it can just get stiff. I, yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, my one last thing is the ridiculous scene after Batman, or I guess it's Bruce Wayne at this time, wakes up um, and it, he says, bats are nocturnal. And Alfred's like, well, 3 p.m. is a little late, even for nocturnal. Yes. And <laughs> he drinks that green juice. And then they're having a discussion and they're talking about how like he sh- I think I think Alfred says you should get into playing polo. So you have a cover story for like why you're yeah. always beat up. And then for no reason at all, uh, Bruce Wayne just starts doing a whole bunch of push ups. And it's yeah. just it's just <laughs> grass. This is, so, yeah, this is great. Um, <laughs> I really like that scene. Yep. All right. Uh, well, now it is time to pick our movie for next week. Once we do pick that movie, send in your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram, themovieladder at gmail.com to email that in, send in your score and next movie suggestions off of that. So that will be next week's episode 186. That'll be for 187. Uh, maybe we'll do 187 for episode 187, Brendan. We somehow do yeah. that. Yeah. All right. But first, we got to pick. So we're going to get listener suggestions, then we'll get uh, all of our suggestions. Kick things off with Olin, and he says, The Wizard of Oz. It is quite a good movie. The link should be obvious. It is not obvious to me. What is oh, the, it's the, scare, it's the scarecrow? Oh, scarecrow. The, oh my God! I'm such an, oh, uh, I it took to me a second. I also didn't get it. I was in my head. I'm like, oh, when they're going into when they're going to Gotham scarecrow. City, it's kind of like Emerald you did City. Say it was Emerald City. Yeah. <laughs> you heard this podcast and came back around. Uh, I'm so stupid. Okay. Yes, yeah, scarecrow. Thank you. Fire scarecrow. Uh, all right. Jenny says, from here, go to the first Keaton Batman movie called uh, Batman. Yep. And in 1989 version, and it's a great soundtrack. Yes, lots of prints. Yeah, that one. for sure. Um, or maybe now is a great time to watch some fun Michael Caine movies like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Well, Jenny, good news, bad news. Bad news, we're not going to be doing Dirty Rotten Scoundrels next week. Good news, there is already a podcast on Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. You just have to go back a couple of years. So. Yep. There you uh, go. Or Secondhand Lions, which we have not done Secondhand Lions. We have not. No, uh, that's uh, Michael Caine, and I don't remember who plays the other grandfather in that movie um, but it's, isn't it robert duvall oh yeah and it's Haley joel osmond is the kid right yeah uh she said like, just deliver us right. from this christopher yeah. nolan hellscape yep um, Jenny will not be going to the movies on friday uh, maybe, uh, maybe for barbie yeah. yeah all right ron says dunkirk nolan kane and murphy back together we also, yep. have, we also have tom hardy who's not in this movie but will be in mm-hmm. the universe um and we have uh barry Keen. Um, who is not in this series of movies, but he does play the Joker in another Batman movie. And uh, The Wolfman, an Animal Man portmanteau title. Nice. This is the 2020 version of... I, I don't remember the 2020 version of Wolfman, but... Um, I didn't know there was a 2020. Is that the one with Benicio Del Toro as the Wolfman? No, that was way before. That was like 2002. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if that's a typo. But we'll see. If there's a 2020 version, then I'll, I'll have that. Joe Johnston, by the way, who directed the first yep. Captain America and directed oh, Veronica yeah. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Uh, yes. There. No. There is. A, there is a movie from 2020 called Wolfman. It's called. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. It's called Wolfman. It's got is Ryan Gosling in it. All right. Huh. Sure. What? This is. This is a fever dream. It's just the first. No. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. No. Maybe not. Maybe. I don't think this is real. I don't think it's this a, is a real movie. There's one from 2020. It's a direct sequel. I don't know if it has Ryan Gosling. Um, I think this is a real movie. No. It's. It's a. So it's a sequel. But it came out in 2020. It does have Benicio del Toro in it. It doesn't have Ryan oh. Gosling. Oh, weird. okay, weird. Um, it is the final film for Max von Sydow. He um, before his oh, death, damn. March 8th. Man, Max von Sydow died like three days before COVID. Um, oh, that's sad. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. 
Critique. I did not realize that existed. Sorry. Okay. Now I'm all. Now I'm all right. torn. Uh, Bram Stoker's all... Dracula around also. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I, I was thinking about Dracula too, like all the caves and stuff. And yeah. Bats, obviously. Sure. Gary Oldman, bats. obviously, in that. Um. He's a Batman. Yeah. All right. Um. Now I'm. Lost, now I'm not sure. Now I'm, st- I'm still looking down the rabbit hole. I don't know if there's a 2020 yeah. Wolfman. Right. Uh, Jim, Jim says later on, taken a right. Liam Neeson character travels between. Continents to seek revenge on a handsome thirty-something-year-old man who did him wrong. Uh, Taken and Batman Begins also share a crew member as well as the gain of copyright reformers a performance of a Happy Birthday. So there you go. There we go. Um, yeah, so the, I like the the um, like we get the happy singing birthday. Happy Birthday. Now, now I don't think there's a 2020 version of Wolfman. I think that was fake news. I think it's 2010. Maybe it's a typo. Maybe. It's All right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe meant 2002. Right. Yeah. Maybe um, meant it says 2010 was last one. Okay. I can I can take back over. I can take the controls back over from you, um, <laughs> Commissioner Gordon or uh, Sergeant Gordon, I guess at the time. Um, Detective yeah, Gordon. Thank All right. You. Stefan Lieutenant. says, uh, "Rain of fire, flying creatures oh, over a Gotham-like city, yeah. miscongeniality. Michael Caine helps someone with their secret reach." Uh, with a secret reach to her full potential. And Darkman, I don't know anything about it, but Liam yeah. Neeson seems to be a superhero called Darkman. Yes, that is a Sam yep. Raimi movie. From Villain to Hero, yeah. 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 Um, Darkman, I, I like Darkman a lot. I watched it a couple years mm. ago. Yeah, All right. I rewatched it uh, a couple years ago as well. Uh, so, before so, so before Spider-Man? Very fun. That yeah, no, that would have been long, long ago. <laughs> yeah. No, before before the new Spider-Man. The, um, uh, the or No Way Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. And then uh, Alex O says, let's get Killian Murphy to the five timers club with either 28 days later or sunshine. Another great origin story from the early 2000s. Spider-Man. There you go. Love sunshine. And great Kyle tradition. King says perfect opportunity to watch quantum mania. Is it though? I mean, we have Ant-Man, Batman. I guess we have that. We'll probably find some other suggestions. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you booing Quantum Mania, Kevin? Because yes, uh, okay, am. good. Yeah, I hate Quantum Mania. <laughs> yeah, yes. God, I hated that. Like, and it sucks because the best part of Quantum Mania is uh, not going to be part of the MCU anymore. Um, so it's <laughs> yeah, it is unfortunate. You know. uh, all right, and then Matt closes us out, and he says, "Superman." That's what Nolan was going for with the structure. And go. then um, Matt suggesting a movie I've already podcasted with him about, but he said Casino Royale, that hard reboot. Hard um, reboot. I like so. it. It's good. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Hopefully, you still have some left. Uh, yeah. No. Um. So I, I, this is what I literally thought of, I, and I don't know if you covered this, but as you kept talking about the fact that it came up during Seven, this feels mm-hmm. like a connection to the movie Seven. If you guys ah, haven't done for it, sure. Yeah. We're <laughs> not. No. Um, so. Yeah. And it's number one eighty seven. So that really, it's all coming together. It's actually only one eighty six next week. Oh. But, uh, okay. One eighty seven will be the week after. Yes. Okay, um, well. Yeah, Seven very much like a direct influence on the Batman. I, I think mm-hmm. I on my personal movie right. letter, I watched the Batman and then watched Seven, or maybe I did them in the opposite order, but they're go. very similar to each other. They're also real good. Um, and have Morgan Freeman yeah. in both. Both yes. this and the Seven. Um, so, okay, so beyond that, uh, this is a Ken Watanabe connection, specifically Ken Watanabe with a sword. So I'm throwing in The Last Samurai. Mm. Uh, which is a Tom Cruise film. I saw Cables that in Tom Cruise. theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, yeah, so that's that one. I will throw you a bone 
and say uh, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, because I'm certain you're going to go watch that. Was on my list. But my the, last the, and I, and I I'll repeat oh, to you what I said before we started the podcast. I said the problem with doing Oppenheimer is that I'm going to see it Friday, and then I'm going to see a movie after, directly after. So I'm going to have to remember. I'm not going to be able to take notes in the theaters. I have to remember my thoughts on Oppenheimer and be able to talk about it like six days later, five days oh, later. You well, have to go twice. Yeah, I, I might got, have to go twice. I got good news for you. You might not have to remember Oppenheimer and just remember your second movie because I got there. So this movie is, of course, Batman, which is a uh, you know DC comic book hero. He has mm -hmm. a, a coterie of villains, and they introduce and tease one in here named the Joker. But, of mm -hmm. course, the Joker has a main girl, one Harley Quinzel, mm -hmm. who is, of course, played by one Mrs. Margot Robbie, who is the star of Barbie. So mm -hmm. that is my oh, last option. Yeah. Barbie. Yeah. That's very, I like that. And our title connection could be something like, uh, you know, playing with your action figures or something along exactly. those lines. Yep. Um, uh, all right. Cool. So we've got uh, those that's, four. That, that Good job, Kevin. You got, got both. You got there. Both Barbenheimer on their uh, Barbenheimer Ostler still over there. Yeah. Um, the problem is I so I've typed Oppenbarbie Oppenbarbie so much into my phone that now when I want to type Oppenheimer, it autocorrects to Oppenbarbie, and it is so oh, annoying because I actually want to be referring to just one of the movies. Um, yeah. So Good one job. of the one of the hard things in my life. All right, I get to go next. Um, so I still have a lot of movies on my list. That is good. Um, the first, I will do Superman Returns. So nice. um, I have not seen that since it came out. It came out so the year after. Was that 2006, Superman Returns? 2006, yep. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Brandon Ralph, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really didn't want to do all superhero movies, but I feel like that was just what kept coming up for me, yeah. um, unfortunately. So I will do one that as James Gunn is taking over the DC universe, uh, not Guardians of the Galaxy, but this is Super with Rain Wilson. I, I this came out around the same time as Kickass, so I always I always like was a Kickass person. I never saw Super. I don't know if but, I ever saw Super. Yeah, Rain Wilson plays some sort of like ground level superhero, and James Gunn. It was James Gunn's first superhero movie before Guardians. So if you like James Gunn and you liked uh, Slither, I would say like that style of old school James Gunn, mm. you'd probably like Super. Mm, okay. okay. Um, let's see. So I will pick one more. What would you do? Five movies. So um, trying to face up. I will do. Uh, yeah, I did four. <laughs> four. Okay, that's helpful. Um, I will do Bullet Train because we get you know we end on a train. We've got an action mm -hmm. movie. Uh, I, there might be some cast connections. We got Brad Pitt and we've got um, what's his name from Atlanta. Um, on that. Oh, uh, Brian Tate. Lakeith yeah. Stanfield. Oh, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, right. too. Oh, is he? So. Yeah. Uh, Brian Tyra Henry is definitely in. In bullet train um yes but all right so i'll do bullet train and then for my fourth uh this is a vigilante this movie has tom wilkinson in it it has joseph gordon levitt who will end up being in this universe and then brendan just for good measure it has timothy oliphant in it uh that is yeah. snowden that yeah. is uh the oliver stone snowden biopic um i don't know anything about it but i actually heard it being talked about in a podcast earlier today and i recently watched born on the fourth of july so i thought about throwing that on there <laughs> nice and I have a whole bunch of honorable mentions. Honorable but. mentions. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I will be one of those people that suggests a Batman movie. I will go with Lego Batman. I did think about that because that's Let's like a direct it. parody of this. Exactly. Very fun. Mm -hmm. um, I want to go with a movie where the villain of the movie has this elaborate plan to mess up the town's water supply. Um, Let's go with Chinatown. Oh. <laughs> very nice. Forget Aaron it. It's Brockovich. just Gotham City is the title connection. Uh, Batman Returns to Gotham City tried to play God 
Let's go with Bruce Almighty. Almighty. <laughs> Morgan Freeman was a Morgan dir- direct connection. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> but still. <laughs> All right. And, uh, oh, man, one more, one more, one more. Uh, and you know what? I don't even know if it's ever come up on this podcast, but I'm going to throw American Psycho on there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It would be interesting to visit that version of Bale when he's, like, not quite famous yet, but, like, this is, it's a very, like, Bruce Wayne the wrong way performance. Yeah, it's true. He's that a rich, yeah, that's a rich like, guy. Uh, yeah, like, rich um, asshole. Like, I mean, yeah, it's. I will say the outro song would be very easy for American Psycho. I just pick some Huey Lewis in the news song. Yeah, yeah, so I'll go with American Psycho. Um, um, also, ju- I just pulled up American Psycho to see. It has been suggested on this podcast before. Um, but a fun connection, Jared Leto is the third yep. credited um, actor. Yes, he that, is. Right? He's uh, Paul Allen. Yep. Oh, that's right. Oh, he's the guy with the with the yeah. um, business card. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to mention, I'll go through mine real quick. I had Iron Man. I felt like that if I was going to do one more, I would have thrown Iron Man on there. Thor, Love and Thunder, because we could Christian Bale back. Superhero World. Uh, the New World. Well, there's some cast yep. connections there, and I have to watch that. Anyways, Unbreakable, Joker, The Train, for another train connection, Mystery Man, Sleuth has Michael Caine in it, and then one I wrote down as we were podcasting, The Shadow, um, which I've um, never seen. But we talked a lot yeah. about Shadows. Thought about the game. Uh, thought about The Grey for Liam Neeson in the snow. Mm. Uh, thought about Knight of Cups. Uh, <laughs> thought about Terminator Salvation. I was kind of yeah, thinking yeah. that could be fun to revisit, actually. Um, yeah, because I, I don't know if I've ever actually seen Terminator Salvation. But I didn't know. You could get so. to Avatar, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Terminator Salvation is the one where he yelled at the crew guy or something. Yes. Um, he right? had some like, total yeah, yeah, yeah. set freak out. Christian yeah. Bale did. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Audio loses my head rent free. Oh, my God. Oh, good. Uh, all right. Uh, Brendan, why don't you read what we got and then we'll pick. Right. Uh, Wizard of Oz. Uh, the uh, Batman, 1989, Secondhand Lions, Dunkirk, The Wolfman, if we figured out what year of The Wolfman. It's 20, it's tw- I, um, I kept rip. looking. It's 2010. There's no 2020. It's 2010. Okay. Gets the typo, please, while I'm reading. Uh, yeah. All right. The Wolfman, 2010. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Taken, which was an honorable mention for me. I should have said that. Uh, Reign of Fire, Miss Congeniality, Darkman, 28 Days Later, which I also thought about, Spider-Man, uh, Ant-Man, Quantumania, Superman, Casino Royale, Seven, The Last Samurai, Oppenheimer, Barbie, Superman Returns, Super, Bullet Train, Snowden, Lego Batman, Chinatown, Bruce Almighty, and American Psycho. I you also skipped those. Sunshine. You said 28 Days Later, but you didn't say Sunshine. I didn't say Sunshine? Oh, man, I love Sunshine. Yep. Okay, yeah, Sunshine. And I get right. to go first. Um, Are we just picking one each? Is that what we're gonna do? Yeah, or? one each. Okay. Who? This is this is tough because there's a lot of good stuff out here. Um, I mean, we could continue on Killian Murphy month. Um, just have the month of Murphy and go with either Twenty Eight Days Later or Abba Diver. Murph. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Murph month. Murph month. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Abba Diver because I want to make you. Oh. Oh man, <laughs> it's that's six hours of Oppenheimer. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. I, I will see. Maybe I know it well enough that I uh, I won't need to see it twice. Uh, All right, but I'm gonna. Oppenheimer would be a uh, would be first for this podcast. It would be the first Where time we we're doing a movie people. only in theaters. Yep. Um, so we might right. be light on feedback for that one, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. 
be timely though. It might have more listeners. It would be very we'll timely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, my pick. Do I want to pick another one of Kevin's? Because there's one of Kevin's that's sticking out for me quite a bit. All right. Uh, I mean, Jenny's not going to be happy if we pick all these dark movies, but I think I'm going to put seven on my list. Or yeah, we get Morgan Freeman. We get yeah. I, I do feel like like the scum, you know, like the crime element of it. It's probably a better connection to the Batman. Um, yeah. I don't know. This is hard. Um, I really like Darkman as any Lego Batman could be fun. American Psycho. Um, American Psycho. I haven't seen American Psycho since high school. So <laughs> let's go back just a little bit um, for Christian Bale. And I just recently watched Seven. That's kind of the deciding factor. Nice. Kevin. Right, Kevin. Uh, listen, Brendan knows this. I came into this podcast with the intent of suggesting Barbie, and that is going to be my pick. No, you can't pick your you own. Pick your that's, own. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. That's oh rule. no! Yeah. You can't. When did that rule start? Uh, 185 <laughs> episodes ago. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Well, that. Mm, un- boiled again, Kevin. I know. Boiled, 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 boiled. Um, very bad. Ask. Yeah, I. <laughs> I'm going between Darkman and uh. Oh wait, I can't pick my own, so I will do Darkman. Um, Darkman, all right. Yeah, so I, I I will I will throw Darkman in there. I think it's just it's Sam Raimi, and it's like old school weird. Sam Raimi. It's so yeah. weird. It's such yeah. a weird movie. So it's 1990, uh, so it's way before yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's Liam Neeson, like, very early on mm-hmm. in his, like, American exposure career. Like, yeah. people didn't did really know. back for the Liam... rest of them. Yeah. yeah, people didn't really know who Liam Neeson was at that point. Like, I mean, yeah, it's it's very, uh, yeah. All right, so our final three, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, American, American Psycho, Psycho, and Dark. Oh, this is a dark trilogy, which makes sense. Yeah. This is a dark tr- trilogy of films to pick from. So Darkman is only rentable, but Brennan, you can guess where American Psycho, you can try to guess where American Psycho is streaming. Max. No, Peacock. Which Peacock just raises just prices this week. <laughs> yeah, that's why oh, I canceled, because I'm not watching oh. anything on uh, I got it for a year for 20 bucks. And they then... took Battlestar Galactica. That, same here. I, that's when I signed up uh, for the 20 bucks for a year. I've been watching a lot, and I can't cancel. I'm in the midst of Project Runway, so, you know. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, like uh, I had, I had gotten it for free through Xfinity for a long time, then they took that away, but they had that deal. So I signed up for, I, I, I will sign up for any streaming service if I can do a whole year uh, off the bat. And also all the sports that I want to watch are going to be on Peacock this year. So I have to have it. Um, all right. Are we watching, are, are we making people go to the movies to watch Oppenheimer? Are we going with Christian, are we going with the hero or the villain? Christian Bale or Liam Neeson? Oh, um, I mean, I think all three of these are good picks. Yeah, Oppenheimer is just such a risk for me because <laughs> I'm not—I'm gonna have five minutes between movies, so I'm not even gonna have time to write down any of my or thoughts. Or think about it. Yeah, in like or a think note. About it. Uh, um, I think—I mean, I think American Psycho actually like this really far. Good. I think it'd be really interesting to revisit it now and like what it says about like capitalism and rich. I mean, we got a rich Christian Bale's a rich guy. This title connection—it's like right there. Yeah. Um, but Dark Man, you've said you've never seen. I've seen it, yeah. Oh, you have. I just seen, haven't. I, I just haven't seen it since high school. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well then, yeah, that way I was gonna pick Dark Man only because you hadn't seen it. Um, yeah, I think American Psycho it is. Let's do American um, Psycho then. Yeah, that'll maybe be good. we do a little. We'll both have seen Oppenheimer, so maybe we do a little like we could do some uh, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer spoilers, spoilers yeah. at the end of next week's podcast. Yeah, that sounds good. 
All right, let's do American Psycho. Yeah, uh, based on the book by Brett Easton Ellis, uh, starring Christian Bale, Reese Witherspoon, Jared Leto, uh, um, Just Thoreau is in yeah. this movie. I uh, I read the book and I don't really remember it, but I do remember his. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. He's a psycho. It's Kevin, have you seen American Psycho? Oh yeah, of course. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brett Easton Ellis didn't he when also? When you said Jared Leto, Club? I was just like, well, too? yeah, of course. The scene with the. Yeah. And then, and then hey, Paul. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is Brett Easton Ellis. Did he write Psycho, or was he? No, that was um, the other guy who wrote Psycho. Or not, not sorry, not Psycho. Fight Club. Who's the guy who wrote Fight Club? Oh, uh, Chuck um, Palahniuk. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like American Psycho and Fight Club. I always get kind of mixed Very up in my head. Yeah. Maybe we'll do Fight Club in a couple weeks. So, Maybe. All right. uh, can you name the director of American Psycho? Either of you? Greta Gerwig. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> Greta Gerwig. Oh my God! Could you imagine that? Would be fucking amazing. Uh, it is Mary Heron, who has not really done anything oh. else that I've even heard of. Um, so it is a female director. Yeah, she did a Charlie Manson movie in 2018. Wow. Called Charlie Says. Interesting. She has, right. a, she has say, a, like once upon a time in Hollywood. <laughs> she has a la- she has a lane then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So all right, next week American Psycho from 2000. It is streaming on Peacock Premium, um, or you can rent it in any of the rentable places. So, Same. all right. Uh, what are you looking forward to watching this week? All right, so we already talked about Barbenheimer or Oppen Barbie, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Kevin, what are you looking forward to watching this week? I mean, yeah, if you took away Barbie from me, um, uh, it would be, I mean, honestly, finishing the bear is definitely high up on that list. I'm really excited to, to wrap season two, especially knowing that the next episode is Brendan's favorite. So mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm pretty jazzed to watch that. I And look, I said it and it's true. It's my first time watching Project Runway. I'm way back in the early seasons, So I am looking forward to continuing that journey. Nice. How many seasons of Project Runway have there been? There are 20. Oh. I'm not doing them all. I have a curated oh, season list, so I know we seasons to do yeah, all right that's good um brendan how about you uh i'm looking forward to over the next few days uh binging all of star wars rebels season three so that we can podcast about it on post show recaps uh this weekend uh we'll have the rebels season three podcast oh, dropping nice. feeds early next week so that's really exciting yeah me and Mike when is for- uh, when is ahsoka is it like august uh, it is august 23rd oh 23rd we got lots of time i thought so something is coming back week. Yeah, We're something doing is coming back August 8th. Some show is coming back. Hmm. I don't know. But it wasn't. It must not be that. Yeah. Cool. Um, also, the finale of Secret Invasion. I mean, the, the penultimate episode was actually half decent for once. I haven't watched it. Yeah. And I'm just going to say it was half decent. Um, but what that, a rave review, what a, half what a, decent. What a weird, inconsistent show <laughs> that really should have been a movie. But mm. I mean, I'm interested to see how they tie it up. So I'm, there you go. The finale I'm is interested to big. see who dies or doesn't die. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, August 8th is Only Murders in the Building. That was what I was thinking. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, for me, you know, Oppen, Oppen Barbie on Friday, but that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. So I, I've talked about it a bunch, but I'm excited to watch The Dark Knight in like a half hour now. Uh, as we keep getting closer, that time keeps getting closer. I know. We're, we kept, we've kept Kevin way longer than we should have. Thank you. Uh, thank you oh, so yeah. Much, well, yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's what, when you got a guest who has the knowledge, we, uh, we have that. Uh, Kevin, do you have any podcasts that you want to plug? Um uh yeah so um uh, there's a the doctor who podcast that i do uh over on post show recaps where we're recapping uh season four we're just finished wrapping uh which is Donna noble season tenets last season um really great one uh so highly suggest checking that out if you have it before um and then i was on uh post show recaps here to talk uh dead reckoning so you can check that out as well nice 
And you had a Flash podcast not too long ago, right? That I can listen to in a couple weeks when I see the Flash. Oh, yeah. Definitely check that out, because my (laughs) my takes are pretty uh, (laughs) unapologetic about that movie. Nice. Okay, good. Uh, I'll have to get to that. Um, All right. Uh, Yeah. And uh, Kevin, you can follow him at Kevin Madeo. You still have the website? You still do Uh, the website? Yes, I I do. I haven't updated it. So, uh, but if you, yeah, if you go to my Twitter at Kevin Day, you can find the website uh, is just themahadman.com. But you can also follow me with that handle, themahadman, at uh, on Instagram. And if you have Blue Sky, I'm on there too. Cool. Oh, you're on Blue Sky. How did you get one of those? Mad people. Yeah. Fun. That's very cool. All right. Uh, Great. Well, Kevin, I'm excited. We've we've had you on for the trilogy now. The uh, Crouching Tiger, uh, Brooklyn. Batman Begins trilogy. I'm excited to see how we reboot for a yeah, more grounded well, and street Kevin level Morgan. version of this podcast next. <laughs> yeah. uh, or a comedic version, maybe. Yep. Um, so next time I have, yeah. So thanks for joining us. And, yeah, uh, it was great. We, right. we got to get you everybody... on for a horror movie, Kevin, because I know that's really your, like, yes. your true Absolutely. bread and butter is your love of horror. So. Oh, God, I should have somehow gotten you to watch, like, Hellraiser or something. That would have well, been You amazing. did say seven, so. Yeah, I so, did, I did. I don't yeah. think so. I, think, I don't think that's a horror movie. Um, more of a thriller I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right well yeah we'll, we'll a horror movie a comedy we'll hit all the genres with you there and you then we'll, we'll do it all again so uh, all right cool thanks for coming on kevin and we'll see everybody thanks next week me, everyone super next week for uh kick my table we'll see you next week for american psycho reviews queued up for our uh, our letterbox post-credit scene reviews because you know gotta have a post-credit scene of the comic movie yep there you um, go so uh brendan sean fennessy agrees with you he says this film cast tom wilkinson as an Amer- italian-american crime figure named carmine falcone <laughs> yep. so, we've got uh we've got mulaney saying thomas wayne bruce why do we fall me screaming so that we can learn to pick ourselves up. <laughs> and I just, I, when I read that one, I was thinking of like a classroom, like call and response with the teacher. Yeah, like, a, like a, oh, captain, my captain. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, Wood says, to this day, it baffles me why uh, Killian Murphy isn't more famous. So I think that was something we talked about. Scarecrow, uh, this is Danny Scarecrow. You look like a man who takes himself too seriously. Do you want my opinion? You need to lighten up. Sets Batman on fire. Me. Iconic. Uh, yeah, we didn't even talk about what <laughs> yeah. on fire in this. It's tough. Um, and uh, then we've got a couple more. Carsten. Uh, I feel like Carsten's reviews are always high up on Letterboxd, so I always get read on this podcast. But Carsten said, if I took anything, I took away anything from this movie, it was a greater appreciation for The Dark Knight. So um, somebody who did not like this one as much. And then finally, I thought this is a good one to end on, Brendan. Yes, sir. It says, Batman should have tossed King Joffrey off that balcony. Ah! Well, you should have saved up pretty whole lot of time. Oh, man. Uh, poor, oh, man, poor, poor Jack Leeson. So, all right, next all right. week, American Psycho.